you getting yourself ready for our show? Everybody, Bobby Rose Beef here, back with you. Another Jigs and Bigs on this Tuesday. Can you believe it? We're so close. This is episode number 200, by the way. Yeah. And this coming Saturday, we're going to celebrate that fact over in Chicopee, Massachusetts. We're going to raise some money for an amazing uh, organization. We're going to have ourselves some really great wild game eats. All kinds of good stuff going on this weekend. But this week, the road to get there, it's kind of been all over the place. Guys, we have a great conversation. We're going to dive deep into some real BS this week. Uh, First and foremost, we're going to dive into some content comment sections that kind of caught our eye. We did a little bit of uh, organizing some of these comments to look at what was going on. We're just a little amazed. So that's coming up early on in this uh, segment of this week's show. Uh, in FTG this week, the Bass Pro Shop buffoonery continues. What state is it in now? We'll find out. Then the sheer number of folks that have been messaging me is probably in the ballpark of 25 to 30 already. I can't believe it. This is something that you guys is, 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 have caught uh, some attention with. So it's ought, to be, it's ought to be really, really good. We got Alec Plotnikovich back on the show. You might remember about, oh, 100 episodes ago or so. So we had him on, and now we're catching up with him. We're talking about goals for 2024. Uh, he's got a, a brand new boat. He's got all kinds of good stuff going on. And your boy managed to do some fishing this week. He actually managed to go out and do a little bit of a BFS send. We'll talk about that, too. Guys, you don't want to miss out. We got much more good stuff coming up for you, all of your friends. Go ahead, grab yourself something delicious to enjoy. Jigs and Bigs is going to be back right after this. doing scratching up on the fucking phones <laughs> oh we guys how are you guys doing this week gentlemen i got who the fuck is joe brown i got sean the fisherman here fantastic it is doing fantastic i love it i fucking love it i'm, I'm tired i moved some fucking snow today Moved a lot of fucking snow. Yeah, I'll tell today. you what, man. I, I felt <laughs> life in New England snow. Uh, significantly today. That sucked balls uh, for what it's worth. Hopefully, this is uh, it. That'd be nice. I like those winters when you're like, oh, it snowed once. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, we got enough. Let's move I'm, on. Let's get to spring. I'm the same way. But, you know, I made that, per- that, that very, you know, dumb purchase last year where I bought the side by side with a plow and oh, days man. like today. I'm like, it's it's great. I can like uh, I plow a little bit, then I run up and down my street like a total fucking redneck degenerate for a little bit. Then As I start plowing again. <laughs> yeah. As one does. I'll tell you what, that is that is the way to do it. I, I was out today with the shovel nice and early, just kind of doing like dog maintenance, giving them a spot where they could go out and do their business. Cause both of them, both of them jumped in the fucking snow today. And then they gave me that look where they look so helpless and they're like, it's too yeah. deep, dad. Yeah. And I'm like, you fucking idiots. So <laughs> they have a little pen that I've created for them. And then uh, I took a, I, I started, you know, working on the walkway and the side 
sidewalks and everything. And then I was like, I'm going to pull my truck out and then clear the snow because I'm a yeah. degenerate fuck. I clear my snow off my vehicle in the street because they're going to end up plowing the end of my driveway over or, or with it anyways or whatever. It's a losing battle. I give the fuck up. So yeah. I go out there. I clear off my truck and I'm like, I'm going to try and go get some backup for this. I actually went live because I uh, I was trying to get my 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 youngest had a sleepover last night at a friend of hers house. And um, I told her, I was like, you know, she wanted me to make this dinner, right? Saturday yeah. night is what it was. And I made, dude, I made the best. I'm sorry. This this would have, would destroy Sean in every which way. Sadly, all, nearly every ingredient. Mm. would It would wring out his digestive system like a wet rag. Good stuff. Yeah, excellent stuff. But uh, I'll tell you, it was damn, damn tasty. Um, and uh, so, so she's been on this tear of like sending me recipes. Like, you should make this. Well, my wife signed up to work like three shifts for this agency at her old job. Like, what kind of a psycho are you? You left there. Stay gone. Yep. It's ridiculous. Yep. So, uh, you know, it was just me and the girls all weekend. So this morning when I got up, I, I was I was uh, texting Delaney and I was like, look, I go, I'm going to come pick you up. I said, uh, you can finish off the driveway. I'm going to do some work in the kitchen and get things ready for tonight. She's like, OK, sweet. Um, she did a great job. She really did. Although the plows did go by and completely undo the end of the driveway like they always do. It's the worst it is the worst. So after we're done recording, I'm going to go fix that. And then uh, hopefully my wife doesn't yell at me. She just constantly. It's 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 a never-ending cycle. It's ridiculous. Fucking hate I did. I did, dude. Bobby and I talked about it briefly, but I did something for the first time last night. Oh, that's and right. I was able... I was able to taste crispy, crunchy chicken for the first time. Dude. And I was not disappointed. I was not disappointed. I don't know if they brine their chicken or what they do, but it is so unbelievably juicy and there is it's so flavorful. It is out of this world. It, I, I coming from a fucking gas station, right? You know what I mean, like dude. It, oh my god, I was I was impressed. I was impressed. Um, so we got we got some stuff going on this week. This week was was one of those weeks where I was going into it like I'm not gonna get the fish. Like there's no way we've had this string of really, really, really cold temps overnight, which has really kind of helped just kind of put enough skim ice on all of the still water around us to kind of fuck everything up. It's like one of those situations where like if there's a, a creek channel running through a pond or something like that, you can see that is open water, but everything else is all skimmed up and you're just like, well, this does me no good. So I was, uh, you know, knowing that the 200th episode celebration is coming up on the 13th, uh, we got to dot all the I's. We got to cross all the T's. I had a walkthrough uh, at the uh, at the venue today, uh, this week. I had um, some rentals that I had to go and, and handle. I'm uh, I'm going to be you know getting some lighting options and a big projector and screen set up because we've got some good visuals that we want to share uh, at this week's or at this yeah at this upcoming celebration show that we're recording on the 13th. So um, I bring that up because we're going to be doing a little bit of a tier list. You know, this isn't super original. There's a lot of podcasts and creators, live streamers and stuff that have done these kind of tier lists before. But what we are doing that's original is we're doing this live and in person. And one of the things I worked on this week was creating a way to have the crowd, our attendees for our event, be able to vote on the tier list and put sort of like the crowd uh, sort of the, the crowd's overall, uh, 
weigh-in opinion on each of these topics. And uh, and then the other thing that I had done was to create the tier list. And what we're doing for, so this is what you'll be able to hear in episode 201. We're doing a tier list of some of the most iconic, like fishing stereotypes that you could encounter on the water. And, you know, a lot of these things, there are, are, are pluses and minuses to some of them, many more minuses, some of them, many, many more pluses. And we're going to kind of balance the two and figure out where everything goes and kind of rate it on a little bit of a grading system. It could be a lot of fun. So, and it's also primarily for entertainment purposes, obviously. So if anybody gets like super upset about it, check yourself because you got problems. Um, the, uh, so, so I had to work on that, had a bit of a snafu. I'm not going to go and uh, sugarcoat anything, had a little bit of a snafu at the last minute on Friday with the, the venue, but luckily everything was able to get smoothed over and worked out. So show is good to go for Saturday the 13th. I hope all you guys want to uh, come out and get there. Tickets are going to be available. And this was the other big thing. I had put out a call early uh, at the end of, I think, last weekend about it being last call for tickets because I was expecting it any day for them to say, we need a final number now. The number that they need is first thing on uh, the morning of the 12th. So you have up until the 11th to get your tickets. If you're kind of like, eh, I'm not sure if I'm going to go. I don't know if I'm going to go, guys. I'm not sure if I want to eat like, you know, wild boar and elk and kangaroo kebabs and stuff like that. And be entertained by these three fucking sexy ass individuals. Do I really know if I want to go to their fucking party? You should. And you should get your tickets now. You know, maybe those are the thoughts that are going in your head. You should get your tickets now. Jigsandbigs.com. If you follow us on social media, you follow us, especially like on Instagram, there's a link in the bio. You can go ahead and click that link in, the, in our bio and you can purchase your tickets right there. It's all, it's, we try to make it so easy. So uh, the other thing to talk about is the raffle. Got, got in touch with some folks that uh, are, are providing some pretty awesome prizes. And uh, also didn't hear from a bunch of folks that I'm waiting to hear from, which sucks. Luckily, the folks that are in support have been, like, really supportive and very, very cool. We appreciate that. So um, our raffle is is actually going to be pretty amazing. And uh, we're going to be doing the raffle live. But we have non-attending tickets available. And those are good for raffle tickets. So you get 30 tickets per non-attending ticket that you buy. It's a $30 ticket. It's a dollar ticket. Now, obviously, if you're there at the show, you get a little bit of a benefit of being at the show because we have these ridiculous numbers of tickets that you'll be able to buy in three groupings. One of them is um, Bobby Roast Beef's Waste. <laughs> well, the other one is uh, uh, Sean the Fisherman's Height. And the biggest amount of tickets that you can get is the measurement of uh, who the fuck is Joe Brown's love for America? Which... He's going to need that side-by-side to drag around. You know what I mean? Because it's not yep. easy. It's not easy. Yep. It's not. No. So this ought to be really good, guys. Um, I'm really, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, I want to, now, did you guys do anything like fishy this week at all? Not a thing. I was, it's it's so wild that we have this weather because a week and a half ago, yep. I almost pulled the fucking boat out. Right. <laughs> and the only and the only reason I didn't is because everything is out of it. You know, yeah. I, I have no tackle or anything out of it. And I was like, fuck, well, I'm not. Because then you, you know, got to go and load it with a bunch of stuff and play yeah. this game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually I almost did a bank send. And then I, I just I don't know. I just didn't. But uh, no, nothing, nothing too fishy. 
that's fishy fish related. I'm always doing fishy sketchy well, yeah, shit. Always just fishy nothing shit. that was fish related. Um, I did some fishy shit this week. So I had um, I explained before that uh, this this Christmas I was lucky is I had the good fortune of having uh, a, a Dark Wolf Ultra BFS reel uh, under the tree waiting for me and I was ecstatic about this um, and then on Christmas Day I went on to Bait Finesse Empire and I purchased a uh, uh, well a, a, a six foot five light bait casting reel with a really fast tip. Um, this was recommended to me by some past guests on the show, Jeff and Paul from Aggressively Average Anglers. Um, you know, they had done some videos ranking some of the BFS stuff and kind of putting together like the best sort of combos. And this is actually the combo that they elected as like the best value. Like it can pretty much do everything. You're going to be happy with the experience you have with it, but you're also not going to pay an arm and a leg for like a Shimano Aldebaran that can do, you know what I mean? <clears throat> now, with the BFS stuff, what I've noticed is that there's folks that are, like, really in, like, they dive in, and then there's folks that are, like, bass anglers that are, like, oh, yeah, you have a BFS combo, and that combo is rated to, like, throw, like, baits at, like, around an eighth of an ounce. Maybe a sixteenth will do. And you know what? Those are great. I was looking for, like, really, really ultralight shit, like, really ultralight shit. Yeah. So, so this actually worked out really good, but... Um, and I, I don't know if we're going to make this gear of the week segment, you know, this week necessarily or not. That's up in the, up in the air. But one of the things that bait finesse empire does is, or at least in the, the two packages that I had sent over, they'd put in like lures in there as like a little bonus, like just a little like, Hey, thanks. That's thanks cool. For That's cool. And both of these were actually from the same company that makes the dark wolf Surinoya, Sur Surinoya, Right. And they were these little like trout style minnows. Like small jerk baits. One of them um, was, is called a sinking minnow, and it's I've never seen anything like this. That that like oblong style like body, but at the very tail, it's almost like a spy bait. Like there's a blade right where that last hook is, and I'm learning some stuff. Like a lot of folks will use these small minnows like fishing for trout, and they'll swap out the hooks to a single hook so that when you're, you know, these sinking minnows seem to hit the bottom and that's exactly what they did. I was like, okay, I don't work this like a traditional jerk bait. This is something else. And, uh, so I gotta, I gotta fool around with that, but I did get out. Um, I had, uh, I wanted to get out on Friday. It did not work out, which, uh, which kind of sucked. I did, uh, on Friday managed to go and, uh, get my, my rig all set up and take a few practice casts with it. I'm kind of amazed at how far I can fling these light baits. I really am. And like I was gonna I was gonna ask you that yeah. with the six, you know, with the six and a half, not even six and a half foot yeah. rod. Like I was gonna ask you about the casting distance. With the with the uh, the power rating being a light, um it it loads up pretty good. Like it okay. really does. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. it's surprisingly because that's the thing. Initially I was like, I wanted a seven foot rod. That's what I was looking for. It was like a seven, right. seven, one. That's what I was right. looking for. That's like kind of like my comfort zone. And, um, you know, it, I started to think a little bit differently with it because if I'll give you a perfect example, if I'm going to go and do a wet wade where I physically can only have one rod with me, you know what I mean? This is going to be the one I'm going to take because it's short. It's accurate. I can pop things where they need to go, but it's kind of crazy how far I can cast with this comfortably. You know, um, throwing a little yeah. bit too much arm into it is bad. You know, I kind of kind of figured that out. Um, I decided I was going to run braid to leader on this one. Um, I may change that and go to mono. I might. Okay. Um, All and, right. And, I went. My, so my before my fucking reel exploded. Yep. I uh, 
I was running straight fluoro to my, well, no, I had a, I had a mono, I had a little bit of a mono backing and then I ran fluoro. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I ran fluoro with mine. What reel are you using Joe for your BFS? Is is it a Corrado? It was a Corrado until it it fucking exploded. (laughs) That's right. What, what, What are you running now? Nothing. Nothing for BFS. Oh, that, okay. That happened. That happened down, down at Hartwell. That sucked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And granted, bitch. it's not so something for me as a tournament angler. I don't use them. I don't use that setup in a tournament because it's just you, you know you you got to kind of play with the fish. Yeah, you know, oh, especially if you catch something decent. Yeah. Um. But I was using it just to dick around, trying to. Yeah. I, I was just using it, and uh, luckily it wasn't during the tournament. But yeah, it was fucking. <laughs> casted it and then just the spring shot the whole fucking handle right off and i haven't have even touched it since so who so, knows if i will you know what when we do the 200th show i'm gonna i'm gonna i'll take my bfs combo upstairs and so you can see how low yeah. this thing is it's ridiculous yeah 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 so what i what i'm doing the thing is the the reel is pretty much entirely plastic and carbon fiber like it's so ridiculously light it's what so are, so light. So, do you know what the internals are? Um, are they brass? Are they just? I like, think I, I have a feeling they're brass. Okay, I have a feeling that they're brass. Um, this is uh, a reel where, like, even the handles, the grips on the on the handles for the for the crank, yeah, they're cut away, so they're open. Like it's like almost sure. skeletal, you know. So sure, sure, the sure. idea is to keep it as light as possible. It's got a really really shallow spool, like a BFS would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So my initial thought was I wanted to do like really light braid. Mm-hmm. So I'm using ten pound. It was as light as I've got and as light as I was able to find. I actually want to downsize even more and go to eight pound. Mm-hmm. Um, just to get it a little bit smaller, but the rod and the reel are both rated for, um, uh, they're both rated, uh, as high as 10 pound. Uh, and that's okay. 10 pound mono, I believe is what the rating is okay. on there. So I'm like, okay, so it's definitely going to fit, you know, it's, it's, it'll do the job. It works great. And my thought yeah. was I, I, I would done a little bit of research and I'd heard from a lot of folks that they'll choose to use like braid to a leader simply to keep their main line on there. So they're not cutting away at this main line. And then they go out sure. one time and they're like, Oh shit, I have like two yards of fucking line on here. And it's not, cause it is, it's such a shallow spool. It doesn't hold much. Line yeah, oh at yeah. All. Yeah. It's, it doesn't hold much at all. Yeah. So I'm like for the time being until I get a good grasp of this. I And I did, I put like a four foot leader on for the first one that I put on. And I was like, cause I wanted to try to keep that knot out and outside the guides. Unlike my spinning reels, I just fucking roll, reel the knot right up. I'll put like a 20 yep. foot leader on. That's fine. Um, I was really amazed at how well this did with my my uh, braid to leader knot with no problem, and it's not like I tie like a super like slender FG knot. I'm a double uni guy. You know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, it ain't a, it ain't a small knot. <laughs> I, I I will say I fucking I still struggle with uh, braid to braid to leader knots. Oh yeah, I, it's I use the Alberto in uh. Man, before that, I was using the double uni. I, I, but I, I don't think I ever actually fucking tied it effectively because yep. I. This is an embarrassing thing to say that I never have admitted, but I have lost some nice fish because my fucking leader snapped. Your leader's let go. Oh no. Yeah. Yep. Because you know, it, unfortunately, a lot of the time it's like on the fly. You know what I mean? Like just trying yeah. to. In that Alberto knot, I've I've really I've. I've done much better with, but, uh, yeah, my, I will hundred percent admit it. My 
my fucking braid deleter knots are absolute fucking dog shit. How many when you were doing a double uni, how many how many twists were you doing on each knot? Seven. Seven. Yeah. See, I was doing like that between yeah. seven and ten. And my knot was huge. It was like a fucking ball of yarn go through. It was huge. Well, so so it's funny. Like I I I used to do that. I, I was doing like the, what kept me go what i was like uh i was actually talking to josh coutier yeah and he's like dude he's like will you fucking do the alberto knot and uh, like we we were fucking around he kind of showed me a little bit and i was mm-hmm. like all right i like this because there's one time where i had a un double uni that was so big yeah and i had i was using a rod that had such micro uh micro guides yeah we actually just lost up, right um actually lost the fucking insert and like in my head i'm like oh. it's because that fucking knot you know which it probably wasn't yeah but like in my head I, I that's all i could think of but so, uh so it's funny like now i've got them down to where like i'm pretty confident i do like four three or four on each side and yeah, it's, it's all yeah. right it's a nice compact knot yep so yep. um i was impressed i was really impressed i was making casts all over the place i lost uh one bait <laughs> when mm-hmm. i it was on my second to last cast uh i had gone and i was like oh yeah we'll go ahead and you know we'll, we'll give this another rip across the way and i i got this one uh little jig cut in a uh, in a tree wrapped okay. around enough and i was like yeah it's gonna just gonna break off that's not gonna know where that would be a cool setup to bring where's that the swift yep that's exactly why what I'm thinking yeah. about. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be cool. I mean, to catch one of those browns or something on a fucking bait cast setup on the Swift River, that'd be fucking dope. Well, so I had uh, I had gone out and I had a plan. There was a there's a small river that uh, goes through um, a, a neighboring town near me, and I fished there once already. And there's a couple of good spots that are over there. And then a couple of years ago, there's another another river further out out, out of the way. That there's there's just spots that look so fishy, man. There's just riprap banks, yeah, yeah, yeah. lay down, shit like that. I'm like, okay, <clears> I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go for this. And actually, it, it happened to work out where I think they had cleared some of the brush that was grown up because they're about to do some construction nearby. Yeah. And I don't know how that affects anything, but so it's wide open now. The access is great. So I was like, screw it, I'm gonna go ahead and go for it. And I actually fished there's a dam. I fished both sides of this. When when I was on my way out, I couldn't get a bite of a, above the dam anywhere. Sure. Nowhere. Um, but this is where I was kind of like, okay, I'm going to throw around. I was throwing primarily a small, like a uh, finesse swim bait on a one thirty second ounce jig head. And that's yep. what I ultimately got bit on. And then I threw around a couple of those like sinking minnows just to kind of fuck around with them and see what I thought. And then I threw one of those like super small cranks that we had gotten from Dark Horse. Yep. And just to kind of see like how like different baits would cast on this, how I had to tweak things to like go from like an ultralight bait to like something closer to conventional. And uh, I was really impressed with this combo. Like unbelievable. Yeah. A couple of backlashes here and there until I got the the brakes sort of dialed and the, the yep. tension di- dialed where I wanted it. I think I got it pretty good right now. So then I go over and I'm below the dam now. And it's I was amazed. I was like, I should have started here. Just the sheer number of laydowns was like it was just juicy. It was just a fishy spot. Current ripping down where the spillway is, and then kind of opens up and widens up a little bit, gets to like a couple of other pools with some down logs. And I'm like, all right, let's go for it. I caught, yeah. I caught, get the, like a five inch fall fish, right? <laughs> Tiny little thing. In fact, like it was one of these things where like I had a notification or something on my phone. I had just cast and let my, my jig just kind of drift on the way down. And I reach in my pocket and I look at my phone and 
I put it right back in my pocket right away because it wasn't important. And I noticed that my line stopped moving and I just reeled up a little bit. I could tell that there was something there. And I just, I didn't even like set the hook so much as I just kind of leaned a little bit and cranked in this little, little fall fish. I'm like, I'm holding the thing. I'm like, the pocket is like, I've got more in my AFCO hoodie and it's got that giant pocket and like the yeah, phone, yeah, yeah, yeah. phone drifted to the other side. And I'm like, I got a fish in my hand. God damn it. What the fuck out? I'm reaching around trying to grab the phone. I got the phone. I'm like, I haven't caught a fish since early November, mid November. I'm like, I need a picture. <laughs> this has got to happen. So I got my picture. I released this fish. And then just as if, but this is just Murphy's law. It's just Murphy's fucking law. Remember I told you my boy Eric has just been killing it lately. I get a text from him. Yep. He's back at on the river, just caught a 16 pound pike. <laughs> Jesus. And another tank freaking largemouth. I'm like, yeah. dude, oh my God. <laughs> I, like, I, I know a couple people that have gotten their boats out. Like, and that's yeah. the reason why I was gonna pull mine out because they're getting those fuck, they're getting those those big winter the fish. Big cheaters, yeah. You know what I mean? No one's obviously no one's on the there's no fucking ice for people to be, you know, acting a fool on the ice. But uh oh yeah. Yeah, it, it, they're they're out there. Obviously, now we got the skin mice now. So that now sucks. we're in that weird fucking yep. we're in that weird, you know, middle ground to where <laughs> No boats are out, and you can't ice fish. But uh, yep. speaking of pike, yeah, all right. I'm going to tell you guys, and I'm going to, and just going to leave all the listeners like, where the fuck is he talking about? I got some info. I, I might, I might have to do some urban fishing this year. Let's I got do it. some, I got some intel on a fucking spot. It's kind of a river. It's kind of like a factory area where there's like a spillway and stuff. I love and that it's shit. It's like in between both of us. That supposedly holds like big pike that just sit there. Really? Yeah. Let's yep. do it. Let's fucking yep. do it. We needed. It's sketchy. I don't know. And like, it's like sketchy. sketchy. <laughs> like we're gonna risk our lives getting to it. Or Not like so much sketchy. our lives. Maybe our pockets with fines. <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, don't know if it's public access or not. I don't know. Gotcha. It's because it's like. I, I'm pretty sure that that factory is like condemned and doesn't like do anything anymore. But I haven't looked in. I, I got to do some research. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll poke around. You know, and that's the thing. I mean, if we're anybody, you know what? That's the nice thing about having these small compact combos, like the two piece. Like all we all I have to do is just break apart the BFS and just go like, no, we're down here smoking meth, officer. It's fine. It's fine. We're just down here smoking <laughs> crack. And then they'll let you go. Yeah, they'll be like, oh, we'll carry on as you do. It's fine. <laughs> oh my goodness. So yeah, I mean, I feel I feel good. I'm going to give myself a little round of applause. I managed to get a little bit of fish slime on my hands, which is great. Didn't skunk with the BFS combo, which is that's that's really the intention. I can see it's, I also dropped a, a, like 100 bucks at uh, mulefishing.com. <laughs> Just buying a bunch of like ultralight plastics and jigs, um, some really really good options over there. So uh, yeah, Jeff and uh, Jeff and Paul have been a very very bad influence. I even messaged them. I was like, "You guys are bad." I have just spent so much money diving into this, but I think for me and YBFS, uh, there was a, 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 a follower over on Facebook that had asked, "They're like, is it worth it? Is it worth it to get into it?" And versus just using one of your spinning combos that you have. And I said, for me, it is. 
this is this is for me the way that it works. It, it is worth it because what? Well, actually, I'll bet you I can I can find this post. It's I, I guess for me it's like uh, it's it, it comes down to comfortability. Like yes. for a lot, you know, some people like for that shit they like uh they they'd rather prefer they or they prefer to use a spinning combo. Whereas yeah. like you know, 90% of what I use are, are casting combos. So it's just, it, it's just something I'm more comfortable with. And it was, you know, it, it was just doing something out of my comfort zone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. it's, uh, I, with BFS, it's, it's not like right, typical casting gear where it's like, Oh, I'm, I, I've been doing this forever. I'm just going to hook this up and whip it out there. Like yeah. it, it's, it takes some, it, it just what it says. It takes some finesse. It takes some, you know, adjustments and some getting used to it. But once you do, it's, it's, it's cool. Yeah. I mean, as a tournament angler, I, I don't recommend it in that, in that aspect. Um, but just like go out and have some fun. That's exactly what it is. You have a fucking blast with it. I, sure. I, I really enjoyed my BFS combo before it fucking went all Chernobyl on me. So I had, uh, we had a, a follower, Dwayne Wilson in common. He was like, Oh, is it worth it? He's like, I've got two spinning reels, uh, two spinning reels for lightweighted baits. And I was like, I've got two spinning combos as well. And I do think it's worth it for me. And I said, there's primarily two main reasons. I was like, first off, I'm finding that as I'm getting a little bit older, I get a little carpal tunnel, uh -oh. um, on my, uh, little carbon carpal tunnel, uh, when I'm using a spinning combo, just holding that rod, uh, it, it kind of leads to a little bit of pain. So if I'm holding, you know, if I'm holding a spinning combo and I'm throwing a small jerk bait or I'm throwing mm -hmm. anything like that, like just having my, my hand in that position, uh, grabbing that spinning rod, it's just, it proves that I get some soreness in my wrist. So I'm trying yeah. to avoid that. I was like, so gripping a bait, bait caster in between is a nice little way to break that up, you know, um, and I said that secondly, I was like, and this is probably the biggest reason I said, I found an ideal finesse setup that bridges the gap in my finesse end of the spectrum of my rods. Mm -hmm. I said, I like to keep one of my two spinning combos rigged with a drop shot all the time because drop shots are a confidence bait for me. They yeah. are. They're not sexy, but they are. And they're great for multi-species. But I'll tell yep. you, like... So the issue that I, I, I would run into is this. The other combo that I have, the other spinning combo, is a little bit more akin to throwing. Uh, it's a little bit more stout, so it's better with like single hook baits, Ned rigs, uh, finesse jigs, things like that. And it can also handle a little bit more weight. I could throw a quarter ounce on that with no problem. I could throw a three-eighths ounce, really, if I had to. Um, yeah. It would be all right. And I said, uh, I said, even weightless plastics will work right on that one. But the last year in this multi-species series really shed a lot of light. And I saw a lot more results throwing really, really light moving baits. And it helped me find fish that I ultimately needed for this. So what I, what I said to him, I was like, um, you know, my medium light that I use for a drop shot is the best fit in those situations. But then I'm cutting off a drop shot rig, tying on that. If I have to go back to a drop shot, that's the ideal candidate to use. I could throw it on the other one, I suppose. But then again, I got to cut off the net that's there and tie yeah. this. It's just a matter of like having the accessibility to, yep. to what, it, what it is that I need. So I was like, my medium light that I use for a drop shot would be the best fit. I go by adding the BFS into the mix. I can keep a drop shot rigged and, and at the ready at all times, but still have a light, ultralight moving presentation handy for when I got to find that goddamn rock bass. 
or I got to find that fucking perch or that crappie or something like that. And I want to try to cover water a little bit more effectively with something that's a little bit more up their speed. Um, actually, this week, I'm going to be talking with uh, um, Sarah, the closer, Parvin, and we're going to be talking about, um, I read an article, I think it was Outdoor Life that she had done with them. And uh, I was checking out some of her tips on fishing, like different lures. I think she might be a shoe-in dude for the multi-species derbs. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> she's got a strategy. Like, when it comes yeah. to those big panfish, especially, yeah. I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, there's there's factoring that in there. And then I, I threw this in there. I was like, I guess there is actually a third reason after using this combo that this BFS combo would be ideal for a single rod wet wading go to you know so it does have a role to play in everything like that's where i think it's funny would i use it in a competitive situation 100 percent, yes just to get my limit you know what i mean like that would that would that would be good yeah i'm seeing you guys have this oh you cut out for 15 seconds i know i know i just kept talking <laughs> <laughs> Kept talking to keep the recording going. At least, so. you, at least you knew. Oh, I know. Yeah, I, I see the little spinning wheels of death in the other cameras. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think somebody started a movie or something in the house, and that's probably what happened. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, for me, that's how it fits in my spectrum, and that's why I think sure. BFS is like. I do get a kick out of the people that get all upset about BFS. Like they're like, "What's BFS stand for?" Big fucking scam. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> Uh, why, who hurt you? It is. It, it, I mean, it, I mean, the baits are cheaper, but the the equipment is not easy on the pocket. It's not. I'll tell you, the rods are not cheap. Like the rod, right. like and and if you get a cheap BFS rod, yeah, there's a reason. You um, get what you pay for. That's a, it's it's that's what it comes down to. I was able to with the Dark Wolf. What's nice, the Dark Wolf. It was related to me that. It can it, it, you can throw the lightest of light baits like you can you'll get yeah. that workability. There's also a couple of pretty quick and easy mods that you can do. Like some people say that the rod that the reel is uh, what they call overbraked, and there's a okay. separate magnet set that you can put in in its place that will kind of balance things out. There's you know spool upgrades, but right out of the box for like I think it was it's like eighty dollar value. And they're like, it's going to outperform a lot of the other stuff in that market. It's going to come in at like one of the lightest reels. It's going to throw these super light baits. So that was part of the reason why I wanted to get into it. Like there's some really, really nice Daiwa stuff that I'd love to try out. And if I see in the next year or two that I'm really, really like loving the BFS life, I might do an upgrade. Right. You know, I sure. do think that the Shimano Majestic XT is the fucking jam. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm like, that is such a great rod. Oh my god. Yeah, it is a two piece, and I don't typically love that, but I'm learning to live with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, man, yeah. So that's. I mean, that's basically my week for the most part. A lot of prep, getting into the into the the show on the thirteenth. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I've had some people uh, ask about a uh, an after party, and I'm like, oh, is anybody planning an after party? I'm really not. I do have a suggestion for a bar that we can go all go to for drinks afterwards. Uh, it's an Elks Lodge, so it's very very uh, friendly on the pocket, and uh, and, I, and I know a guy over there, so that's always always a nice thing. Should Even be better. So they go yeah. from you know dollar drafts to seventy five cent drafts. Uh, yeah, something like that. I don't know. I can't. I can't speak to one way or the other. They're e economics, but you know what I do love about that Elks Lodge, though, it's the one in Chicopee, the Fairview Lodge. The thing I love about that Elks Lodge is they have pull tabs there, 
And like, oh god, you don't see those anymore. You don't see those at a lot of bars. You see those at like elk lodges and like fishing game clubs. Yeah, and I'm like, and all over the Midwest. Yeah, they are. That's uh, the Midwest. It's huge. That's like dive bar central. But like in Massachusetts, we don't see that a lot, and they're just fucking stupid but fun. You know, you'll either see me at the Elks or because, you know, I got babysitters. I'm probably going to end up staying out there. So you'll see me either at the Elks or fucking on the blackjack tables over at MGM. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. 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 We're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to we're going to talk about this because, um, Sean, this was uh, a couple weeks ago. You had shared something with me on Instagram, a reel. And uh, I'm going to give a little bit of backstory here. So this reel is from a, uh, I believe this is an apparel company called 419 Outfitters. And uh, the reel is just really, really basic. Like, I'll describe the video. It's just like somebody putting a fish, releasing a fish back in the water. and was like, be honest. In your opinion, what's the one thing that's ruining the fishing community? And Sean was like, dude, you got to read the comments here. And I got to tell you guys, I went through the comments and like, holy shit balls, uh, just unhinged um, at the amount of racism and uh, homophobia. And uh, what else do we have in here? Oh, just like calling out um, like uh, anybody. It's insane. So Sean had done his due diligence. And he put together some graphics. And Sean, let's go ahead and, and our, our jig heads that are in here watching this right now, um, they they can see this Excel sheet over here. But go go ahead, Sean, and and explain this to me to to the, our listeners the way you explained it to me before. Really put a lot of shit in the reference. As we all know, I like statistics. Um, this post, this reel had at the time I looked at it. Mm-hmm had well over 500 comments. And I went wallowing in this muck through about 120 of them. Yeah, just just as an update, right now it has 4,700 comments. I'm sorry, 754 comments. That was the likes. 4,000 4, likes, uh, 754 comments. I got through 120. Comments. Yeah. And I was uh, I was done wallowing in the mud with the pigs. Yep. So yeah, smart. what I did... Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. What I did here was... If someone left a comment and it only had one uh, particular focus, I, I counted that as one, just yep. a single single number, easy enough. However, if someone left a comment saying there were three things that were causing problems within the fishing community, mm-hmm. I gave each one a 0. 0.3 score and I just added it up when I was all done. So yep. you, even though I checked out 120 or whatever it was, 115 in that neighborhood uh, comments yep. and then went from there, it doesn't all add up to 120. And that's not the point. The point is... There were some trends here. The content, yes. The <laughs> there trends. were some trends. Um, and I'm sure if I went back and finished up the other 600, the trends would continue. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, let's get into this. So, again, fishermen, be honest. In your opinion, what's the one thing that is ruining the fishing community? Now, everybody who's listening is probably thinking of one thing. Okay. Now, you know what? We should start there. Because a lot of people are illiterate, apparently, and can't limit it to one thing, and they had to put three things or four things. So, of course, we'll start there. Yeah, but um, that's a good point, man. I'm I'm gonna start at the bottom. We're gonna go with the fewest answers. Okay. And again, I'll give a number. It might be a combined number. It might be a singular number. Doesn't matter. This is the bottom. This is the fewest answers on this. So, with one, Ned rigs. Yeah. 
Do we want to comment after each one? Is that is Ned is Ned rig Ned rigging really ruining the fishing community? <laughs> Dumb. Move on. Speaking, yeah. Oh, speaking of Ned rigs, I have Ned rig nerd stickers for both of you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. All right. Good. Yes. I, I look. I'm a little afraid to put it on my car. It might ruin Me too. somebody's Me too. fucking day. I don't day. want somebody Jeez. to come and start punching my window. <laughs> I know. Now the next one. Again, at the lowest end, tied for the lowest amount of answers, which this is so surprising. We can talk about this. Jet skis. Oh, my God. The Lake Louse. In, in a couple of ways, because not only do we have to deal with the jet skiers that are out there, mm-hmm. right? But now there are jet skis being made for fishing. Yep. I mean, this, this I think, is an underrated curse on the fishing community. Yeah, I think, if anything, they they missed an opportunity to make this a platform on its own. Yeah. Yeah, it really... Okay. All right. I guess, I guess there's people around that like them. I, I don't know. Um, all right. With 1.3, the Googans. <laughs> we, get a, we get a shout out to the Googans. <laughs> and you know what? Actually, let's, I, I do have a comment about this because I'm curious what this, what this has to do with. There's, um, are you guys familiar with East, uh, uh, what is it? Is it East Philly Fishing? On, no, uh, not. On uh, YouTube, he's from uh, the Philadelphia area, and he's multi-species angler, and he's unbelievably well versed in uh, identifying different species, and and he's got some really good stuff. He put out a video. This was just yesterday or the day before, and in this video, he I guess he was on a train, and there was a guy who recognized him, and he comes up and he was like, "Dude, he's like, I've noticed you haven't put much you know content out. Like, what's going on?" And he was like, "Yeah, he's like, I've just had a lot going on, like family stuff and everything." He's like, "But I've been fishing more than ever. I caught over three thousand fish this year he's like it's crazy he's like so i do want to kind of reset some stuff and the dude left him with this statement he was like yeah man i'm looking forward to your content coming back we can't let the googans win is what he said and he goes so so he goes i think um he goes i was a little curious how he was taking it like was he talking about the Guggen squad? Like those guys, we can't let them win. Or is it that we can't use Guggen's in like that umbrella term of like jackass fishermen that like have, uh, they're, they're absolutely clueless. Don't know what they're doing, doing things, you know, like you might find a rig that's like broken off on the, on the bank or something. You're like, what Guggen did this like that? He goes, and I tend to think he's thinking about that Guggen. I wonder if this is Guggen squad here or if their their issue is with Googans overall, like that umbrella term. I, I did poke on that uh, on that that reel one more time just to see some uh-huh. of the comments, and they were actually Googan squads. I just wrote Googans. Gotcha, gotcha. It very I, very. I only had so much room. I'll be honest with you. I kind of think that's what they were going with with this anyway, in their sense, because they probably yeah. don't even realize that Googan is a, a word that's even older than the Googan squad. So, it, it's it's funny because if they're saying that it's because of the Guggen squad, they're the actual Guggens themselves because yes. they've actually done a lot of positive things with the fishing community. Oh, so yeah. they can they can fucking pound sand. They so. can eat, eat the cocks. You know, at what point does someone really ponder this? You know, what, what is ruining the fishing community? So if I'm yeah. out fishing, yep. The word Guggen doesn't even come to mind that they're doing anything negative. Unless for some reason someone so, has dumped a thousand Guggen bait wrappers in an area. Then yeah, I'll be thinking about the Guggen. Yeah. But I don't sit there and go, wow, I'm really fucking pissed at the Guggen's. Or I'm at a tournament going, wow, great tournament day. Too bad the Guggen's exist. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Too bad the Guggen's exist. Here's where it, I'm, I'm going to do the 30,000 foot view here. Yes. So 
the question was what is ruining or what is whatever the fishing community. Yep. Right. The fishing community, the reason why the fishing community is being ruined is because of all of this on this spreadsheet right here. The fact, the fact that, you know, they, they can, they, they think that they can single it down to one thing being like, Oh, it's this or that, or this or that. Instead of just everybody just fucking coming together. Yeah. The divisiveness. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Everybody coming together and saying, Googans, stop. Right. Oh. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move past the Googans. <laughs> this one, I really agree with. We're, we're, we're Again, we're still in the first half of this. We are. Uh, this, this, this little, this, <laughs> and this in-depth analysis that I did shaking my head the whole time. <laughs> with two. And there is a five-way tie for two. We're going to go through each individually. With two. We'll start with... We'll start with dinks. Yeah, dinks can ruin ruin the fishing community um, unless someone else is catching them, and then you're pretty happy that you're not catching the dinks. Well, I, I mean, dude, uh, dinks dinks turn into bigger fish. Like, it's gonna happen. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, Joe, do you have anything on this? I, I I was a little flabbergasted. Yeah, dinks can ruin a day of fishing, but is it ruining the fishing community? I I no. don't know. I, I maybe there's a perspective I'm missing. What do you think? Are you guys having a problem with dinks? I celebrate. You're gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I, I, I'm not buying it. Just do your research. Fish better. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Now this yeah. one, we're crossing a line on the next one again. Tied <laughs> at two. I know. Tied at two. We are crossing a line. There, are at least two people, if not more, responded that the the biggest problem in the fishing community is Bobby. Do you have a drum roll? I don't have a drum roll handy. Sorry, man. <laughs> God damn it. The number one problem in the fishing community, according to two people out of the first 120 sampled, is Joe Biden. Because I'm proud to be an American. <laughs> I, I guess that was just obvious. Uh, Clearly. Next, <laughs> next we're, we're on to snagging which in some states is legal and a preferred mm -hmm. method of catching certain yeah. species. So I don't know what that's about. The only place um, I've ever seen that an issue personally is up on the Salmon River. That's the only okay. place I've seen it. That's a big deal. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of a niche thing, though. Yep. I, I don't know mm -hmm. if it's yep. destroying the fishing community. No. Nope. Uh, this, this next one, again, tied it to, I take personal umbrage with. Yes. Bobby, I know you do too. Eating bass. What's wrong with that? Yeah. You know, it, it seems to me if you do this, if you do that action, you're probably going to have less of dinks. dinks. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. If you yep. if you do it responsibly and you eat the right size fish, you're going to assist that population in being that much healthier. Yep. You know, I mean, we've talked about this before, but I do think it's funny that eating bass, dinks, snagging, and Joe Biden all have the same. And this it, next well, one does too. Exactly. And this is another one that goes in the jet ski category. How did more people not say this? Yeah. Upside down spinning reels. That will ruin a day of fishing for me if I see somebody, because I don't say anything anymore and I just dwell on it. And I'm like, yeah. God damn, this guy's, uh, why, why, why is it, you know, I'm expecting this guy to get into his car go home and his wife's going to say, Hey, let's go up to the country club. I want to play, play a couple games of tennis. And he's like, great. And he gets out on that court and he holds his racket by the webbing. 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> like so gonna- it's funny. So I could speak to this. So, you know, you guys know my daughter. She just turned five last month. But yeah. uh, when we were like a couple years ago, because I've been taking her out from the, the rip, you know, a couple years ago when she couldn't really figure out what she wasn't really figuring out what if she was left or right handed yet, yep. I like, you know, I look over and I saw that she had flipped it. And I was like, I will, I, you will not be my daughter anymore. <laughs> I was like, you will be I swimming will, home. I will change the handle, but no, we are not doing that. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Yeah. I, 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 I'm a little surprised that one's low. That's in with the jet ski. So to recap with one, we have Ned with one, we have jet skis. 1.3 is a Guggen's with two, we have Dinks, Snagging, Eating Bass, Joe Biden, and Upside Down Spinning Reels. That's a pretty broad spectrum there. Let's move up. Three and a quarter people out of my informal, informal analysis here said live scope is the problem with the bass fishing community or with, yes. with the fishing community as a well. whole. Pardon me, I said bass. Um, thoughts, gentlemen? I feel jump. like I, I this is I and I hope we end up doing the breakdown of live scope. I yeah. think this is a whole nother episode. I think this yep. is just people who have definitely never used it. Yeah. Well, and in looking at these numbers, we have 3.25 right here. And out of about 120, we're looking at like this is maybe like what four or five people, maybe that had mentioned this in some capacity, like just a handful of people out of over 120 in this cross section that we analyzed. So like, is this really as big a problem as some content creators would lead lead you to believe? Are people really that up in arms over it? Or is it more of, they are, they need to get clicks. They are up in arms about it, but it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a moot fucking point. And I, Oh God, I, I I would talk for hours about this. Yeah. And we are, we, we are going to have that conversation about technology. Uh, and that's coming once all the fucking insanity of the new year gets past us. Yep. Yeah. I actually think that the live scope answer runs hand in hand with the next one, which is costs. I, I think you're right there. Um, it, the costs were separate. It didn't say cost of live scope. This was completely separate. But I Just think in that, general, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you've got to, you know, if you want to keep up with the Joneses, and it's, now it's not buying bags of Senkos. Yeah. Now it's not learning how to drop shot and spending spending money on weights. And now it's, you know, what a three thousand dollars system minimum. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, that that's legit. Uh, and and everything's gone up in price. I, you know, and and again, with all the complaining about how bad everything's been in this country. Four out of 120 people said costs. <laughs> well, now you can go back. This this works hand in hand with Biden. Bidenomics. Well, I will say this. Last week's episode, Art Slater was talking about how when he bought his, you guys remember when bass trackers were like, you, you can get into a, a boat for 10 grand. Yeah. Like that was the thing. You can get into one for 10 grand. And he's like, and now that starting port price is around 14.99. You know, which is a uh, nearly a fifty percent markup. You know, and that's that's like the fucking basic, like base, twenty base horse. Level. That's exactly fucking, it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's like now it's increased fifty percent. You know, fifty percent that we've 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 seen an increase there now, and that that's just shitty. You know, yeah, it just sucks all around. Well, you know, when it when it comes to costs too, though, so I can I, I can kind of argue both sides to this. Yep. If you're trying to keep up and compete, yes, the costs are ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. If you're not, um, I, I will be the first one to admit that. Like, 
and I've said it a million times, uh, you know, I'm in a position where luckily I'm able to kind of keep up and my mm-hmm. wife fucking hates me for it. Cause last year, I don't know if I was in the green or not and I don't want to look, Yeah, but, but when it comes to just fishing, you, if you just, it's, if you want to fish, you could still keep it cheap. I mean, you can, you can go yeah. to fucking, you can go to Walmart. You can go to these places and get these fucking combos for a pretty cheap price. Like it is still, Doable. Dude, you could get an ugly stick and a shovel and dig up some worms. Seriously, like, like if, you, if nobody's it, saying if it's just about fish fishing, yeah, I I think cost is kind of a cop out answer. If it is about competing, then yes, yeah, I, I think yeah. they're two totally different spectrums. And and actually, I would venture to say that in some ways, if you look at rods and reels. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like you're, if you were to look at just rods and reels at a, let's say $100 each component wise, I think yeah. at that $100, you're getting a better reel than you did a decade ago. Oh God. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that the gap in between that premium level is yeah. like, it's starting to shrink. I think you're you, getting but, high quality stuff. I mean, you guys seen it. You can get a fucking, you can still get rod and reel combos that are going to catch you fucking fish. Yeah. It'll yep. probably last longer than some of the shit we spend money on, all this money on. Or as long. Walmart. Yeah, absolutely you can. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Costs. <laughs> it's fucking costs. <laughs> the bandwagon. Uh, I, yeah, I, up, up, up next. Hold on, Joey. Let me, let me, let me roll here. Sorry. Right here. So I'm, I'm jumping reached. ahead. I'm sorry, Sean. Let I'm me sorry, moderate. Daddy. I put a lot. You have. I. I, I only want to moderate because I fucking burned my own eyes out <laughs> looking did. at this shit for over an hour. Dude, all right, you, it was you, awful. You don't understand, Joe. He calls me up. He's like, I can't believe what I'm fucking uncovering here. He's sitting <laughs> at the table with a, not a twenty ounce, a one liter bottle of Diet Coke, pouring shots every time he puts a statistic down. He's throwing them back. He's like, I am drinking so much Red Forty. He's got the fucking board in his house with all the red strings and shit. <laughs> he looks fucking like step- Charlie Day and like. All I ever see is fucking Sylvia. He's over here. He's over here. I'm, I'm stepping outside to, to get jiggled every fucking 10 minutes just to let my nerves in check. Oh, by the way, let's jump in on that. So Jigglers apparently is out of season. Bobby, I'll let you know that. So I've, yeah. I've moved over to another theory product as recommended by my theory. Uh, uh, what do we call him? Cannabitician? Uh, <laughs> but tender. Bud tender? Yeah, Is that bud what they're tender. Called? Yeah. All right. My bud tender recommended <laughs> something called uh, Velvet Glove. And I guinea pigged it last night when I got home after uh, some some things I had to go uh, going on family wise. Yep. And uh, very pleased with Velvet Glove. That's good. Runs hand in hand with Jigglers. Yeah, it was really, really nice experience. And I slept for over eight hours last night. I love so, that. Yes, I love that. Good, good times. Um, now, next up. Yes. We, are at, we, have, we have crossed the Rubicon. We're over halfway done. Again, with 425, Joe just mentioned, bandwagoning. Yeah. What the fuck does that mean with fishing? Okay. All right. So I'm not the only one. Like, I I need some context with this one. Uh, I think think the the derogatory comments were basically based on people jumping on the fishing bandwagon during the pandemic, as in, which this is just... I, I don't even get this. It's just a form of gatekeeping. That fucking helped the sport. Yeah. I know. That's one positive thing that came out of COVID. It fucking helped our sport. Yep. Yeah, it grow grow the sport, except when people are, you know, participating in the sport. That's not good, apparently. I, I don't, again, my eyes were hurting after reading this shit. 
so bandwagoning, we, we want to grow the sport, but we also don't want to grow the sport because then other people are going to be fishing. I don't know right, what the fuck. Right, right. It, it's, it's, almost, me, right? it's almost like when that person discovers a band that they really like on an independent label. And they're like, I love this band. I've seen them play, you know, when they've come into my town every single time for the last two albums that they've done. You know, every show has been great. And they're on the street team to help promote. And then they get mad when that team, that band blows up and gets popular. Yep. You know what I mean? It's the same thing. And it's stupid. Gatekeeping. That's all this was. Yeah. 100%. So, moving on. This one was a little interesting. And I'll, I'll, I'll explain what uh, my note here means. Mm -hmm. So the next category with 4.3 responses was underappreciated species. And most of them, the tone took was um, people killing underappreciated species. And I, I actually had one of those answers. I didn't feel like putting it by itself. Yeah. Was because it wrapped into that, it was killing underappreciated species with, with bows. Oh. With both bow fishing. Bow yeah, fishing, so yeah. Like, I mean, again, is that tearing the community apart? It seems like a niche thing. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I, I think that, I guess I would have to have exact species that they're speaking of. Mm. Well, I could tell you one that, that would pop to mind for us would be chain pickerel. Everybody okay. oh, yeah. fucking hates chain pickerel. They're yep. native. And how many times do you hear the the folks, you know, around us kill it, throw it up on the fucking shore? Uh no, how about you're an asshole? Yeah, no, no, no. So yeah, you're hundred percent. Hundred percent. I I do I do know people that say that. I have I obviously don't do that myself. I even like if it was like an invasive species, I would have a tough time with that. But uh yeah. so yeah, no, you're you're hundred percent right. Um yeah. So I, yeah. Okay. It's weird. Yep. I, I think when it comes to the underappreciated species, like, and even in the, in the bow fishing sort of corner, like I I've seen, it's, it's not something necessarily that I'm going to run out and do, but right. I've seen folks that are like, yep, we're going to go both bow fishing for snakehead invasives makes sense. They yeah, want to remove them from that body of water. Um, Asian, Asian carp, carp or something. That's another yeah. one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, shit, you don't even have to freaking bring out a bow for that. They'll just jump in the boat. Some yeah. of those. And, but I think where people would probably lose their shit and you would find a double standard. You guys remember that conversation we had with Alex Rudd about the Alabama spot? Yeah. That's overfished. You know, and if, if it, it became a situation where maybe you had bow fishing guides that were in that area, they're like, yeah, we're going to go and take out some of these fish. You know, right. And that's the plan. Like if people would lose their minds because it's so, somehow more desirable. And, yeah. and you guys might be able to speak more to this, especially Sean, because it's not something I, I know much about. Mm -hmm. Do we have like really a bow fishing, I guess, community up here? And if so, what is their like targeted species with it? Um, so up here, if we include all of New England, I've seen plenty of boats at Champlain. Mm -hmm. And I've seen... I think I've seen them. Um, now, you know what? Most of the stuff's been at Champlain. Most of the bow fishing. And they go out yeah. and they, they go for bowfin and they go for pike. Yeah. Mm, and really. gar. So, I mean, generally it sucks, but like bowfin and gar are just considered trash fish everywhere. Yeah. yeah they are. They're, totally they're really are. not. I mean, yeah. I'm, I would rather fight a, any day of the week, any day, any minute, any hour, name the time. If you, if you put a, you know, a six pound largemouth and a six pound bowfin, um, at the end of my rod, I'd rather fight the bowfin. Yeah, more fun. I would sure. much, I in a heartbeat. Sure. You know, it, it, 
I just, I love that fish. I love, they fight harder. They fight harder than smallmouth. Yeah. They're I insane. mean, even, even if you get a, I mean, if, if we're going to do that comparison, I mean, even, uh, I guess even like a five pound fucking bass versus a five pound pike here. You, you know what I mean? Like pike, you know, it's, it's funny because pike, I mean, pike, you got to let play out. You just kind of don't do much. Yeah. Bowfin, you're holding on for dear life. I've never caught a bowfin. Oh yeah. my oh, God. Dude, I've never is. caught one. I mean, think of it this way. Like, I don't know if you guys remember that tournament I was in in the spring where I went up to upstate New York and I did hook into a bowfin mm-hmm. and that thing dragged me around for 15 minutes and wouldn't stop. Yeah. 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 That was a fight. And then it shook the hook. And I, I was like, you know, that was, I think on a practice day. And I was more upset about that than the way I finished in the tournament. I'm yeah. still upset about that bowfin. I don't care about the tournament. I knew, I, I knew the way that was going to go. I did catch And I didn't really realize this until later in life. I did catch a snakehead when I lived in Florida back in the day. Oh, really? And I think, yeah. And I think that was even before it was like really like considered invasive or there. I I literally think it was like in the beginning stages of it. I just remember I, so I lived on a canal when I lived in Florida, you know, and, uh, so me and a buddy of mine would go fishing there all the time. And I remember catching a fish and we didn't know what the fuck it was. It was kind of, you know, we're kids, you know? Yeah. So we just cut the line because we saw look, we're like, this thing's fucked up. Threw it back. And like, as I got older and I started, I was like, and I could still be wrong, but now I'm like, that was definitely what I caught that you, day. You know what I'm hearing? I'm hearing that Joe caught the first snakehead that somebody... I'm patient zero. That had, yeah, absolutely. Joe you're, caught the very... You're the he released monkey. It. Yeah. <laughs> He, he sent him. Wow. Nice job, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I threw that thing right back in it. And that now it's, yeah, I'm patient. What yeah, was the, that movie? Outbreak with yes, the monkey? Yes. <laughs> you're the, Reese, you're the Reese's monkey in Outbreak. Way to go, yeah, Joe. Yeah. He had the opportunity to end the entire invasive life of the of the snake, of the northern snakehead. And he yeah, was just yeah. like, oh, Whoops. gross. Fucking <laughs> What is this thing? I don't know. We'll catch and release. Plop. <laughs> Here I am. Think I'm we'll doing the right thing as a fucking for little day. asshole kid. <laughs> this thing looks pregnant. Yeah, throw it back. <laughs> All right. Moving on to, from underappreciated species. I, I kind of agree with that one. Yeah. Um, as long as, you know, people aren't wantonly killing anything, I'm good. Um, next up with five. Big one. So big one, and it's kind of kind of underrated, underrepresented. I think this sure. one's underrated, big time. Karens. Now we're going to talk about a couple different kinds of Karens. There are the the Karens that come out on a dock and think that public water is private. Yep. Yeah. And then there's people who get labeled as Karens <coughs> because they think private water is private. Yeah. So that is a split. There's kind of a difference there. Um, I mean, obviously if you're fishing on a lake, you got to be courteous to someone's shit because they did pay a lot of money to it for a dock. Try not to hit it. Apologize. Work with it. Work with a homeowner, whatever you can. Yeah. Um, that will avoid the Karening, but you also don't know what the last fisherman that came through said to that homeowner. Yeah. They might have a bad taste in their mouth already. Yeah. Um, as far as the private stuff, I mean, look. Don't break any laws when you fish. Buy a license. Don't fish anywhere illegal that yep. you can't fish if there's no access. Uh, I live that. And again, I always think about, you know, in, in our state, most of the towns require you to maintain on your property that you pay taxes on. You have to maintain, what is it, four feet in from the street? 
three feet, something like it's that. Three f- it yeah, there's a small city to town. Yeah, there's a small strip of land that you have to maintain, whether it's a sidewalk. Yep. I mean, I have a fucking 20 foot sidewalk that I just had to snow blow today that goes to my driveway. Yeah, it goes nowhere. There's no other sidewalk on the other side of my driveway. Yeah. I have to maintain that. I bitched into the town and they said, no, just keep it clean. So I do. <laughs> um, now, if and that's public land. So if there's a bus stop there, um, that's land that I have to maintain, but it's being used by the public. So Sean, let so me ask if, you this, Sean. Yeah. Because I, I don't think I've ever asked you this question. And uh, so you being a homeowner on water, essentially, um, I know you live on private water, but for conversation sakes, let's say it was public. What yep. are your thoughts on fishing if you have fishermen fishing around your dock not like bouncing fucking baits off your dock or shit but oh, fishing I, around my it. own my only concern is me going out of my dock and getting a hook in my foot right yeah. so not so it's, not fishing I don't, on no the dock. i don't care i i don't no no i'm fine as long as nobody leaves a hook on my dock sure. I, don't shit. It's yep, not my, yep. I don't care about it now um but getting back to my analogy so we all have that area we have to maintain for our towns that's considered public land even though it's on our property right exactly so if it's public i can go on it right yeah so why why would someone be upset if i decided to take some plastic golf balls and a seven iron and just practice my chipping on that public land that they have to maintain yeah you know what i mean versus what i have to deal with is i live on private water where there's no public access none and I have to pay to maintain certain things, um, the infrastructure of the dam, for, yep. for instance. It's shit's not cheap. And I get pissed off when I have people telling me, including in one case, it was great. Even a state official one time yeah. gave me a line of shit. And I called the cops on him and he was escorted out. Um, I, I get a little pissed at that because they're not paying for it. You know what I mean? I don't go over to somebody's lawn and start practicing my chipping on their fucking lawn because no. I, can, yeah. I, I can access it. You know, yeah, I just I, don't do that. I, I guess. So with like private waters, obviously, I mean, so public water, state water, you know, obviously, allegedly all of our like fees for our fishing license, all stuff, they go to the maintenance and maintaining of those lakes and stuff. So yep. my assumption, Sean, is that. You guys, for what your private water, you guys don't see any of that. No. Oh, we don't see shit. We maintain the yeah. whole thing. So that makes sense. That makes And I am totally 100% on board yeah, with that. Yeah, that's exactly it. Simple yeah. economics, you know? Like, there is there is no way to fish the water I live on without breaking a law. You have to trespass uh-huh. if you're not, you know, invited by someone. So um, as far as the other type of Karen, again... It always comes down to communication. If someone doesn't want you fishing around their dock, um, stop and ask why. Hey, like, just yeah. uh, just curious. Like, put your rod down. Say, hey, what's going on? You know, communicate. Like, no one does anymore. People are now nowadays. People are more likely to scream and swear and yell and throw shit in the water to fuck you up. You know, fuck you up for fishing and do this and do that. Yeah. Um, just have a conversation. Yeah. Exactly. Like, hey, this is legal, and, and then. And then call the cops on them if they're really being that much of a fucking Karen. You know, I think I think that's the thing. Like, a lot of people will say, like, oh, this person's a Karen for X, Y, and Z or something like that. And I feel like they're throwing that out there primarily to get a reaction, you know, out mm-hmm. of the person that they're, they're – they're, they're, it's, it's, it's ignorant. You know what I mean? A Karen, in my opinion, right, is somebody who 
is approaching a situation uh, with a preset agenda, regardless of the professionalism, regardless of the interaction, regardless of what gets said, anything, um, they, they're coming into it with an agenda. So case in point, let's use that typical Karen kind of like storyline where you see a, uh, you know, a, a Karen in like a restaurant situation. Something isn't going her way. There is nothing that server or manager is going to do that's going to make her reconsider her position or her opinion or have any kind of introspective look on what she's doing at all. It's all going to end up being that she just is, is frustrated and it needs to, to take somebody out. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. there's already a predetermined agenda there. And I think that's the thing that makes like that can ruin fishing because you could be in a public area and this Karen has a hair across her ass, maybe walking in a park. You're fishing a public body of water that's in a park where there's a, a, a walking trail access that's nearby. And you have a situation where there where you have an, an involvement with a Karen. This is probably something where it's like, I saw a fisherman one time. I didn't like this. So now you're that guy. You know what I mean? And it's almost like wrongfully projecting an agenda or something on somebody else. It's like, what the fuck are you even doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Like I do see that that could certainly be ruining fishing for, especially like a young angler. That's like, I don't want to deal with this shit. I'll just go fucking play video games instead. Yeah. I'm yeah. just going to go it's, smoke meth. So <laughs> I'm going to send you, I, Sean, I, I don't think you do the TikTok thing. I know Bobby, I know you do. There's actually a page on there. It's a, it's a woman who lives on, it's basically a river that goes out to a larger body of water. Uh -huh. And she, and she uh, is have, basically she's been keeping, she's been uh, recording all the bullshit she's been dealing with with her neighbor and on the, like her uh, like saying that her neighbor owns her neighbor saying that she owns yeah, my like, my wife showed it showed it to me okay so you know what i'm talking oh man i feel bad for that lady, man. i'll have to send it to to bobby it's just like the shit this, this lady steals was this ridiculous just craziness yeah yeah huh so up next this one uh this one i you know i think bobby you can probably speak more about this one with Spot burning and apps yeah. got got six uh, six nods here. Um, I think my well, I mean apps. I, I don't know. I don't know. It was more apps with the spot burning, but like mm -hmm. I think where I saw the most damage with quote unquote spot burning is posting pictures of where you catch fish on Facebook. Yeah. Um, I saw that. I think you know. Man, I th I think people were I was I was coming across sites that were getting blown up. I mean, as early as like 2007, 2008, where someone would post, "Hey, I caught a huge pike at this part of a river," and the next thing you know, you can't get there for ice fishing or whatever. Um, apps I don't use as much. I know you do, Bobby. So I mean, if you want to jump in on this, so the thing is with apps is like this is like a double edged sword. Like on the on the one end. You you have the use of the apps like and when I say apps, I, the one I'm thinking about immediately is Fishbrain. 
You know, mm -hmm. um, that's the that's the big one. Uh, apps like Angler, they're out there as well. There's other apps that can um, you can use to track your catches and things like that. And they're all very useful. And and most of them have the ability to set your stuff to private. Now, there's the one hand where you're again, like if you're if you're looking to find fishing spots, you know, there are people who are going to post things publicly. You know, but who's to say that that angler has the experience that you want to make any kind of investment in, like tracing their steps? Do they actually know anything? Do they luck into a good fish? You know, I mean, who knows? Are you going to go through their entire profile and figure all this stuff out? The other side of it, too, is that there are folks that will tweak their data and put different fish in the wrong bodies of water intentionally just to kind of set. I guess maybe they don't realize they could just set it private and not bother. So like if you're somebody that's utilizing apps and when I say apps, I'm not talking about like Google Earth or anything like that, because honestly, I think something like Google Earth or just opening the technology. Yeah, that could have an effect on fishing. Do I think it's ruining fishing? I don't know that it's ruining it. Um, but, you know, when you when you look at, you know, a, a body of water and you're like, OK, so what are people, you know, uh, catching here? And you're like, you know, a good example is like you look at a lake or a pond and you're like, oh, there's smallmouth in here. I didn't know that. And somebody just put a smallmouth in there either ignorantly, like they mis id their fish when they caught it or, you know, in fish brain situation, actually it will ID them for you automatically in, in, in most cases, unless the picture is hot garbage. Um, or did somebody enter uh, a species in there intentionally just trying to fuck with it? You know what I mean? So it's like trolling. Yeah. You got to kind of like take that information you get from apps with a grain of salt and try to like piece things together. Like the best thing from a lot of those fishing apps that you're going to get are like the topo maps, things like that. Like Omnia's app is a good example. There are no spots, you know, it's just, I use this bait. I caught this fish. It was in this body of water. Figure it out. There's a comment section there where the author can write some additional stuff. And give some information like I've written some reports and I'm like, yeah, I was fishing weed edges or I was fishing, you know, big boulders, you know, nearby in deep water, something like that. And it's like you might get some information like that, but it's not lighting anything up geographically. But also with Omnia, you've got different layers that you can look at these maps. So you can look at bottom composition. You can look at a standard topographical, you know, like uh, like you would from uh, the hell. What the hell am I thinking of? Navionics. Navionics. Or. Yes, exactly. Because it partners right with it. Like stuff like that. So you can look at the structure, you know, I mean, is technology, that's really what I think it is. It's not just apps. I think spot burning is one thing. I think, I think technically the fucking newspaper would fucking spot burn you, you know? Yeah. You catch, you, somebody catches a record fish and it shows up on, you know, your local news station or in the paper and people would be looking at that picture. Like, I know what that smoke tower is. I know exactly where that is. You know what I mean? So yep. it's like, did technology make it a little bit easier? Yeah, I guess. But like, you're always going to have friends that are going to share their spot with friends and those friends that fuck up the cycle. They can't figure out puff, puff, pass, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and what I think a lot of, a lot of anglers don't take into account is the differences between anglers Yeah, and just have every, every lake has fish in it. Doesn't yep. mean you're going to catch them. Um, so I don't put a lot of stock in it again, like, you know, when, when fish brain first popped up and I'm not saying anything, you know, I negative about fish brain. I have my Excel sheet. I've been using it for years. It's fine. It yep. works for me and I'm good with it. Um, but I did get a call from a friend. I think we talked about this on the show a couple of years ago where he was all up in arms 
He's got a lake. He likes to fish. It's, it was relatively quiet until a few years ago. Yep. Um, but that was an, a change in access, not a change in anything else. And uh, he was going crazy. Hey, did you see this picture on Fish Brain? Uh, this dude caught a like a 20, whatever, 20 pound pike. Yeah. I remember and that. And I said, there's, I said, there's no pike in there. Like, what are you talking about? He said, well, it says it right here in fish brain. And then I looked at the picture. Yeah. And this particular lake does not have gigantic white marble boulders. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Yep. And prominently in the picture, two gigantic white boulders. And I said, dude, it's just somebody trolling. Don't get beat up about it. Like he goes, people do that. I go, yeah. So, I mean, that's something. Oh, definitely. That's out there too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, as far as apps go, I don't touch them. Uh, as far as spot burning, I mean, who are you burning it on yourself or everybody else? I don't understand. Yeah. I just don't tell, tell people much where I, what I'm catching and when, um, you know, that that's the, the way to deal with that. Yep. Um, moving up to the line here with uh, 6.3 people pissed off about YouTube and social media. Yeah. Uh, that encompasses a lot, I think. Because you can throw spot burning in there, too. You can For throw sure. um, people with random fucking clickbait opinions on there. There's a lot of things you can put in there. Uh, people that are out there looking to make a video instead of just going out and fishing to relax. I mean, that can piss some people off. For I, sure it can. Uh, I don't know if it's ruining the community. I don't think the majority of people are doing that. I don't. What yeah. do you think? I mean, you guys know more about the YouTube. I, I, I think that should be. I think that should be. That could be a whole, a whole nother bracket on its on its own. All by itself. Um, yeah. Sure, maybe there's like some spot burning bullshit, but listen, I'll be the first one to say that, and I not the first one to say. I've said this a million times. YouTube has been extremely beneficial for our yeah. sport, so I'm yeah. never gonna, I'm not gonna dog anything about YouTube and our sport because. It is the reason. It is a big reason why it's still holding on. So I'm not. I'm not going to talk. It, sure, you might have these fucking jamokes who are, you know, with their fucking ten followers that are just doing spot burning and doing stupid shit. But in a whole, um, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, more so than Facebook, they've been exponentially, you know, positive for our sport in the last five years. Yeah, I think you got away. You know, what's the positive aspect then versus the negative aspect? And I think you're going to see this come up in our conversation on our tier list, too, on uh, on the show on Saturday, because, you know, there there I think the 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 positive the positive contributions that have come from YouTube as far as education and the good quality content that's out there. I mean, every angler at least the majority of anglers that are out there at some point or another needed to learn something about either maybe a piece of equipment, uh, a, a specific bait, a presentation, a technique, and has reached out, you know, and looked on some type of digital content to learn more about that. Um, it might be, you know, oh, I'm going and I'm fishing this other part of the country that I've never fished before. Let me go and look at stuff in that area. I I really suck at using a jerkbait. What am I doing wrong? Let me go and look and find out as much content about this. So whether it's YouTube, whether it's a podcast, whether it's social media accounts that you're following to kind of get some feedback and information of, maybe you're searching the, the hashtag jerkbaits, you know? 
Mega Bash Vision 110, and you're looking for all that information, trying to piece together whatever it is that you can figure out based on content there. That's like a good example if you like your platform that you're using is Instagram, something along that. But like so many people, like to the point where like YouTube is called YouTube University, you know, casually. Yep. It's just like, you know, it's 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 just one of those things. I mean, shit, I've had to do like when I was when I changed out the taillights on my truck, right? When I got the replacements, I downloaded, I, I looked at two different videos on YouTube and I was like, got it, done. Went out and did it. It was easy, super easy. But I wanted to know what the fuck I was doing before I went over to my $50,000 truck and was just like, hey, I got a screwdriver, man. Let's go ahead and fucking put, let's go ahead and put this shit together. I got nice LEDs. Take a look at these. All right. Derp. so yeah i mean i think i think that's that's what it gets down to with with youtube i think that there's a you got to look at what the positives are what the negatives are look at the divisiveness you know look at the way that like you have people losing their shit over forward-facing sonar you know or sponsorship money you know so there's you take the good you take the bad you take them both and there you have the facts of life. The facts of life. You and I get that. I yeah, don't think very else few of our listeners are going to get that at all. Joe's like, what? The fuck are you talking about? Slightly. All right. Slightly. There, we go. there we go. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, next up, this one, this one actually went in a different direction than the Karens, but with 11. Yeah. Private water. And most of the comments were not against uh, HOAs yeah. and et cetera, but most of the comments were against towns for having water that you can't can't fish. access. In, yeah. Yeah. In, in particular, that would, I mean, we can think of numerous waters around here that are used as drinking waters you can't touch. There's water um, right in my city, one, two, three reservoirs that I can't go to. Yeah. yeah. I, I can think of. Uh, aside from those, probably another three, uh-huh. if not more, and their watersheds we can't touch, and it's fine. We got yep. so much. We got there's plenty of water around. Yeah, I know it's different in the Midwest where you don't have yeah. all these different waters, or in the South or whatever different parts of the country. I get that. Um, I don't know what to say if if you know that there's there's ways to get laws uh, changed. Um, we yeah, still live certain, in a democracy. Yeah, and there's things you can pursue do. them. Yeah, pursue the pursue the law changes. Uh, you know, if it's too much work, then stop bitching. I don't know what to tell you. Or just you get know? really good at night fishing and go in, creep like a ninja. You know. Yeah, yeah, but you know, you know, risk and reward. Risk and reward. Those, yeah, you know, are, the, are those untouched untouched dinks worth? You know, a five hundred dollar fine. I don't know. It's a, you decide. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yep. Next up, I actually think this one ranked a little low. I agree. Um, this this is I would probably put this first because this is one of those things that when this happens it ruins a lot it makes people step away from fishing yeah um, and it's the infighting within the community it only got twelve answers but or twelve responses yep. I I think this is way higher I mean um, I mean, I'll be quite honest. This is why I stepped away from fishing for a month and a half. Yeah, I couldn't deal. I couldn't deal with other fishermen um, and the way 
our community was behaving, you know, yep. and, and I'm not going to be doing that in heaven since going forward. You know, it's, it's fucked up. Um, there's a lot of delusion out there in the competitive world about, Oh, definitely what it means. Um, what the, I guess the end goals are between people and, a lot of fishermen, and I'm not. I'm not going to say I'm innocent, but a lot of fishermen uh-huh. shit on other fishermen. That guy sucks. Fuck him. And you know, and that's shitty because that's not like stupid bullshit on the internet. Just you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's shit that like you overhear at the ramp. Yeah, and that's that's even worse. I think. You know, yeah. like if you've got a, a, a social media influencer that that is all you know tied into one brand of of product or something and then you have another influencer that's tied in on something else there's infighting there but also at the same time some of that is just perception you know what i mean so it's not really as as critical and crazy as people think it's because people can't like both coke and pepsi just they can't fucking do it like it's a big deal i i like both (laughs) i think they taste completely different you know what i mean but it's it's like people they just can't like they gotta pick a team they gotta pick a side us versus them not all of it and you can have all of it you know what i mean so like a lot of that i think is just naturally kind of bred into humans in a lot of ways um, and you'll see some of that, I think, in social media, but I feel like it's it's worse in the competitive world because of the in-person nature and some of the additional BS, you know, and the drama that can be carried out. And when it's, you know, when it's online or something, you're just like, you can brush it off. But when it's like, you hear that shit at the ramp, at the awards ceremony, you know, and you're like, wow, everybody gets on this fucking one dude's fucking deal. What's going on over here? You know, and it yeah. can pre- it can sort of like preload your own opinions before you actually have a chance to make your own opinions sometimes. And that's shitty. Yeah. And, and the further I got into the competitive world, the further I realized that this is, there's just, it's just a, a, a fucking plastering of shitting on each other. That's all it is. Titties. You know, somebody does real well. Nice job, but I lost the fish. So you really suck. Yeah, you know, exactly. I just, it's shit like that. It is awful. Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean, competitive people look down on non-competitive people. Yeah, they do. Some com- some tournament directors. I've I've unfortunately come across this. Some tournament directors will fleece the people that they're supposed to be regulating for money. Mm-hmm. I've seen that shit. Yep. Um, cheat some cheating. It just I don't I don't understand where a lot of folks will say we're trying to grow the sport, but sh- and it gets back to the bandwagoning. We'll shit on people. That are involved in the sport yeah. at any level. Yeah. It's that you know? same backward ass thinking, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. Well, um, welcome to the world of fishing, folks. Yeah, We're backward put, ass fucks. I would I would put that a lot higher. I think infighting yeah. is, is more of a major problem. I at least I I see it. I um, think I think infighting actually would come in number two based on this list for me. It would probably come you? in number two. Yeah, there's one that's a gleaming number one. Um, okay. Well, you're talking about the surprise answer that I was a little upset with. <laughs> um, I, I think so. If you, this is the next one that we're talking about. Yes. No, no, but I think we can have a discussion about this because I yeah. don't feel that's the highest one. So the next one up with 14.1 uh, again, yep. divvied up answers, uh, was littering. Yeah. Now, I think that should be number one. I, I don't because mm-hmm. I don't think 
that it's all fishermen doing it. It's not. The problem is, is there's the perception that it's fishermen that are doing it. And that's the yeah. issue. It's, yep. it's that people, they think that fishermen don't give a fuck or they're lazy or slobs and they show up to a body of water and they have a bad day and they leave a bunch of trash behind. When, you know, we all know and we've done it ourselves, have carried a trash bag in with us so that we could collect some stuff. You know, yeah. I do. There have been days on the water where I haven't put a single fish in my net, but I put a few floating beer cans. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, I, you know, on the other hand, the amount of big garbage that fishermen are not bringing like a tire yes. to a river. Yes. You know what I mean? I agree. Yeah. There's yeah. people that throw garbage bags into the river just to be assholes, yeah. you know? Yep. Uh, and then we don't, I mean, it should encompany, it should encompass this, but like the amount of pollution. That goes into our water from factories, from businesses, shit like that. I mean, industrial it's shit. It's all part yep. of it. PB, PCBs, um, all that shit. Exactly. Yeah. I think with the, the littering, the the low scale littering, obviously it's important. I'm not trying to downgrade that. Yeah. No. I just think that pertaining to the question, I don't think it's as high up as really infighting. I mean, if you see litter, you like you just said, you and I, Joe, we all we all bring garbage out. Yeah. Yeah. But um, we're not lugging tires out. Yeah, right. and I'm not right. I'm not bent out of shape. Yeah, from taking some garbage out. I might say, make one comment like, hey, some asshole left fucking yep. an empty pack of Senkos and a fucking foam container for rubber worms or for for, uh, for night crawlers. Yep. Yeah, I, I pulled that out. I might, you know, I might say one thing about it, but normally it's not going to fucking ruin my face Experience. in the community or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. you know, that infighting, that, that's the, fucking shit. <clears throat> the, so the littering thing where I've seen it is, I don't, and this is, I mean, I guess I'm being a little bit biased here, but uh, boat kayak guys, they're not littering. Boat and kayak guys aren't littering. Yeah, it's when you, it's, it's you see it at like the hot bank bank angling spots. Yeah, that's that's really where bad. any anytime I bring my kids out where we just hit the bank, I have you know I have a few spots that aren't they're not secrets. A bunch of people bank angled uh, bank fish these spots yep. and uh. Those are the ones that are. All, I, I always bring a bag. I mean, you fished. I mean, you fished uh, one of them with me, Bobby. Mm -hmm. And it's yep. uh, it's a uh, it's every single time. It's fucking. It's it's disgusting. It pisses me off. But it, yeah, yeah, that is what it is. That's it's, tough. And I think that I, I you know, and, and maybe maybe Sean, you're you're right. Like it's not ruining the fishing community. I think the fear is is that like. You're going to have situations where you might have access on a body of water, and then if the littering gets so bad, you might not. Whether that's yeah. from, like, a, a, a level of, like, you know, a, a toxic level, like maybe the water isn't safe for humans to be around and they're not able to to fish there, or the fishing just dies completely because there's, like, just shit in the water and it can't sustain life any further, or... You get folks that are just like, we're fucking sick of it. We're putting up, you know, no trespassing everywhere, no fishing, nothing, blah, 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 blah. And then then it kind of ruins it. But yeah, I, I could see where you would say like, so yeah, maybe maybe for me, littering and infighting could be interchangeable, like something like that. I definitely think it's it's an issue. But yeah, is it, is it tearing the community apart? Yeah, not really. Yeah, I mean, it could lead to infighting. Um, I guess, but again, I'm not trying that to too. minimize the amount of garbage being thrown in the water. I oh, don't yeah. like that. There's too much. It's, it's I, I just think pertaining to this question that was asked by this fucking reel. Um, up next, here was a surprise answer. And this is when I called you and I was just <laughs> yeah. absolutely disgusted because yeah. I, I just, I guess it's the internet. And if you get a group of people together on the internet, at some point, these 
pieces of shit are just going to get involved, especially when there's a large number of answers and eyes on a question. There were at least 20, at least 20 racist or bigoted answers. <laughs> yes. It had nothing to do, very little to do, or blaming a specific ethnicity for the ruining fishing, ruining the fishing community. So what it, when we were talking on the phone, I think I mentioned three ethnicities that were mentioned yeah. as ruining fishing, basically being blamed for overfishing. Um, I think that is, I mean, it's painting with a broad brush. I, I don't get it. <laughs> I just don't get it. Um, uh, so here, and this is the only way I could possibly maybe explain it is you do have certain ethnicities that, you know, will go out there and, you know, they could, for instance, like a bucket brigade or something like that. And they go out and they do, they do fish and they probably do take more than they're supposed to, but they're probably not also not, this isn't their first country. They're, they're probably, you know, immigrants and, you know, they're used to kind of the old ways. And guess what? Those people aren't wasting those yeah. fish. Yeah. You, you yeah. know what I mean? Oh yeah. They're definitely um, not wasting them. I, I think it's more of just like a, a cultural, um, un- misunderstanding, um, but yeah, it's, in it, it, that, that's kind of what I, I, I think it's a lack of knowledge with rules and regulations. I'm mm-hmm. not, it's not, it's not a free pass to, it's not a free pass by any means For with sure. the, uh, the rules and regulations of your area, your state. Um, I think it's more of like lack of education. Lots of, lots um, of times I think that's what it is, is it's an assumption. Like yep. there's water here, there's fish, I'm going to take them. You know what I mean? And they, you know, maybe look at it as like, I'm not going to even look into this because I don't want to know. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 But it, you, know, you know, it's just, you don't have to be all racist about it. No, that's what <laughs> I'm know? saying. Like some, I almost the went best. through some of the comments and I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I don't want my, was, those words coming out of my mouth. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, see where, where I was getting a little disgusted was just playing off what you said, and we're giving everybody the benefit of a doubt that they're not poaching, although there are poachers out there that know For damn sure well they're not supposed to keep. Hundred percent, hundred percent. There was a lot of a lot of a lot of folks took the uh, the opportunity to accuse the non-binary community of ruining fishing, yes, which is exactly. I, I just it was just hey we're gonna we're gonna bash everybody here. That's where I was going. All right, yeah. this is yeah. I've just stuck my head in a fucking toilet. It yeah. was um, yeah. It was a little ridiculous in that sense because they were just flying from like. All over the place. You know what I mean? Yep, it was yep, just yep. bananas. And it was like in that situation, like they weren't talking about, oh, well, they have X amount of lines or they're taking everything that they catch or whatever. Like this was very much like uh, I have another agenda and I'm going to go oh, ahead and fucking 100%. share it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, it, they could have, I mean, they could have explained it like I did, you know, and they yeah. didn't. They were just like fucking went nope. straight to yeah. straight to somewhere they shouldn't have. These guys said, these guys or maybe gals too. I don't know. These folks that were kind enough to contribute their opinion on this said, looky here, we got us a, a, a big post with a lot of comments. Let me grab my robes and put in my two cents. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly yeah, what yep. it is. And yep, it's, so. it, it's, it's crazy, man. It was like the fact that it came up as one of the top two <laughs> fucking elements that were in there. Yeah. Like, says barely something. winning, barely winning out. Yeah. But um, you, you know, it's, you know what the sad part is and, and granted, you know, obviously my views on society are probably different from Sean's probably different from Bobby's. We all have different opinions. We all live yeah. our lives in different ways. 
However, it should never, it just should never go there. I yeah. guess that, that, like that just shows the fucking disconnect. You, you yep. know what I mean? Like it's yep. don't be an ass. Like don't be an ass. That's one thing. Just don't be an asshole. That's pretty it much have to go there. That's pretty much I, at, the, at the end of the day. That's the best lesson you can take away from anything. Don't be yeah. an asshole. It, 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 uh, uh, this is where I was going with that. And the, uh, it, I lost, right? I, I brought it back in at the end and I, I did well, but uh, where I was going with that is the unfortunate thing is look at any post, any mm-hmm. big post in any type of topic, subject, anything. Yeah. And that's a big thing in all of them. You're right. You're not wrong with that, man. Yep. Yep. There's going to be yep. people that it, chime just, in. Uh, it's just yeah. unfortunate that it hit us. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And, and granted, like, uh, and we're not going to get the politics of it, but, you know, I grew up in a field where I, I fucking work with people of all kinds of races, ethnicities, sure. and I'm friends with them all. You know yep. what I mean? So yeah. it's like that one, that, that one hurts a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a rough one, dude. And I was amazed, like, when you did the math, Sean, and it was this close. It was this close. How yeah. fucked up is like, that? What the fuck? So, again, second place, racist and biggest bigot comments. With 20 <laughs> answers and uh, 20.8 answers, the winner of this steaming pile of shit that I waded up to neck deep, overfishing. Yeah, overfishing. Which I agree with. I mean, I think I think number one should be the infighting. That ruins it most. But overfishing, uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I I could kind of I could be on both sides of the fucking fence on this one, I guess. Yeah. Um. In, in like I I'm gonna put my two cents in on this one. So when it comes to commercial fishing, I think we really fucked up as a as a country in the way we we have done that to the point now where we have fucked it up so much that now they're putting these crazy regulations to where it's like, Oh, now it's, we have to cut it by this much percent or whatever. And it's just astronomical because we didn't properly maintain it Mm -hmm. the way we could. Um, But that's like the commercial end when it comes to like localized, like fishing and stuff, I will say one thing, and this is coming from me as a tournament tournament angler, Mm -hmm. and I'll probably get shit for it from the listeners or whatever. I don't care. Um, there are too ma- way too many tournaments on bodies of water. Certain ones, I'd agree so, with you. Yep, like uh, it, it, it. Yes, yep. Like, let's just say Massachusetts, for instance. Like, obviously, there's only so many bodies of water that are fruitful enough for a tournament. You know what I mean? So yeah. everybody fucking has tournament. There's, you know, two tournaments there every weekend, um, and then you have you go down south. And I don't know, I, Bobby, I know you've you've watched um, and Sean, you have too, like the Bass Pros and stuff or the Bass Pros, the um, Bassmaster MLF. They don't mention it very often, but every once in a while, I almost think it's like a slip up to where a commentator or an angler will mention like, oh, there's four other tournaments going yeah. on today. So you'll have, I mean, the, uh, granted, they're bigger bodies of water. So you might have fucking one to 400 boats in tournaments on any given day on these big bodies oh, of water. Definitely. And, you know, and we get back to uh, where the fish stress, all that shit that we've talked about a million times. So not going to mm-hmm. go down that road. So, yeah, I could, I could see that is overfishing. 
uh, as a aspect of overfishing, but I guess I would need a little bit more context, I guess, into what is considered overfishing. There was a lot of different answers on that. Yeah, it wasn't that's what I, it was yeah. it was people people taking, you know, like Bobby just said, having 15 lines out and taking buckets of fish home. Right, it was right. tournaments and shit like that. It was yeah, it was all over the place. Mm. Um yep. but which is crazy because like our sport is so I mean it's growing now, but it's it's like in the smallest, it's like the smallest it's probably ever been ever been in yeah. modern times. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, or, or, you know, at least a few years ago, but I guess, uh, you know, pre COVID, you know what I mean? And, uh, Oh yeah. So yeah, the commercial, the commercial aspect of it, cause I did a little bit, I, I've, I've read up on this, but the, the mm-hmm. commercial aspect of fishing is fucked up because of how much we, we do eat or, you know, and oh, whatever. Yeah. You sh- um, ship fish all over the country. Yeah. 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 You know? So we had, we we were bad stewards in the way we maintain that. Um, and now it's like, I mean, look at look at like the slot limits and shit for it's for all oh, the yeah. fish now. Look Not at the seasons for like cod. Stripers, cod, pollock, yeah. all that shit. Like I remember as a kid, you know, growing up back when I used to deep sea fish before I puked my brains out the entire time. Yep. I uh I mean we would fucking there was no I mean, we would fill the fucking the the big bait container, the big uh, container they have there, and then just start throwing them on the deck. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, so I was, you know, I guess I was part of that back in the day, you know, because they sure. were just like, "Fuck it, just take what you need," and you know, and that's the now, thing at that time. You know, when you're when you're out on you know a charter or something like that, you're not yeah. thinking about the no overall, no. you know, but. When you've got such and such corporation yep. that's shipping off X amount tons of yeah. Pollock to be frozen yep. and end up in yep. grocery stores everywhere, you're like, wow, shit, that's crazy. Yep. When yep. Mary so McCheese is on the SS filet of fish and he's like, yo, we got sandwiches to <laughs> make, yeah. bitch. We got to load them up, baby. I got yeah. tartar sauce for days. I don't know why I grabbed my tits there. But I did. Yeah. So I guess us as a society, not just <laughs> not just in our country, but uh, globally, yeah. we fucked up it, it, without maintaining. And now we're just doing damage yeah. control. Yeah, globally. a lot of it. And trying to trying to backpedal and try to try to fix yep. the problem that we created, which is common and at, in some to some element is noble. Like you're yeah, trying to course. do the right it, it, thing. Me as an angler, I respect it. Yeah. Me as a consumer, it sucks because yeah. what's that do? Drives right. the Jackson fucking prices, prices up. through the roof. Yeah, exactly. It's true. It's so, true. That's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> so um Yeah. I think that puts a puts a bow on the steaming pile of Christmas dog shit oh. that I went through and I just want to share this last bit of information about this post. Nope. 419 uh, Outfitters is a uh, religious uh, apparel, Jeez. fishing apparel organization. Just for what it's worth, they're a, <sighs> they're a Christian apparel company where all of this d- garbage was all over. They so, probably saw some of those comments. They're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> delete, delete, delete. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> you, I'm glad you brought that up, Joe. You guys know something else happened this week that hasn't happened in a little while. 
Bobby Rose Beef got a DM from somebody trying to do some networking or get some sponsorship, work out a little collab. A guy named Kyle had uh, started following us on Instagram for all of six minutes. And uh, Kyle was very enthusiastic when he DM'd me asking if we could provide um, some products so that he could feature them on his uh, Instagram. And I believe on his Instagram at the time, he had something like 105 followers. (laughs) <laughs> this would have been a, of much value to uh, Jigs and Bigs. Right. So I said, okay. I said, well, what products specifically? And I kind of prodded and, and you know, because I, I had time. I had time. Might have been on a shitter. I had time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, well, what, what products do you like specifically? He was like, of course. He was like, all of them, bro. I like them all. I'm not picky at all. Take a look at my profile, brother. All I do is fish, brother. He obviously didn't realize we're a podcast, not a retailer, but that's what I followed it up with. I was like, well, I go, uh, you know, I said, well, just just take whatever pick you want. And he was like, well, how about this item? And he went on to uh, a retailer and grabbed a screenshot and sent it to me. And I was like, cool, go ahead and just use that picture. And he was like, question mark, question mark. And I was like, we are a podcast. We don't actually sell any products. Um, you know, we don't create anything like we're not bait, a bait company at all. I was like, so there's really, I don't understand what it is that you're asking for primarily. Yeah. 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 And, uh, it was basically like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then I was like, I just, I couldn't let it go. I had to share the goodness. So what I did was I did a screen record on my phone, scrolling through the chat. (laughs) And then I went over to the likes and I, I went over to my notifications where it said that he started following us six minutes ago and I circled it and I made a reel. Dude, the best thing happened. Kyle messaged me and was like, nice reel, dude. (laughs) <laughs> he did unfollow us. <laughs> which, which it was probably some like 11 year old kid who was like legitimately trying to. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I looked at the profile. Kyle seemed like he was at least in his 20s. Um, okay. Either right. maybe, maybe, maybe just really excited about his new girlfriend or maybe they're engaged or fr- newly married or something. I don't know. Probably but, not listening to this yeah, episode. Probably any not. Others. Probably unaware. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, man. It was, it was just a while and it was just, it happened to be at the perfect time. I was like, fuck, I got to, I got to dive in on this. Yeah. 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 yeah, I figured that was the response was great. (laughs) People love that shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. When you said you had shared something for some reason, just came into my head for no reason. I was going to ask you shared what the biscuit. And you would be like, the biscuit, you ask. And I'd be like, the biscuit. Taste the goodness goodness of the biscuit. This is where mine's at. My mind's at today. Do you guys know that that group, Toasters and Moose, there's a full feature length movie on them? Holly and I watched this one night. I watched it once on my own and I was like, what? Are you serious? And then I bookmarked it so I could go back to it. I was like, honey, you've got to see this shit. Unbelievable. Oh. I love that song's going to be in my fucking head all night. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate <laughs> yeah, well, it. Well, it jumped into mind when you said yeah. you shared something. You obviously shared the biscuit. I with did Kyle. share the biscuit. Fucking a, Kyle. Fucking a, Kyle. Um, let's go ahead and uh, and dive into. Oh, before we get into FTG, I got to talk about this. Lauren, mm-hmm. amazing friend of the show, 
Lauren, mm-hmm. formerly of Three Bells Outfitters, uh, has a little bit of a, a side hustle going right now. And uh, we had put up on, I think it was actually Christmas Day on Facebook and on um, the Patreon, on the Jigs and Biggs Patreon. So the Jigheads have known about this. Um, our good friend Lauren over over at, uh, formerly of, of, of Three Bells Outfitters, has a sweet new side hustle up and running. Uh, she has made some really, really great Jigs and Biggs pint glasses uh, for the crew that are here at the show. Joe, I still have yours. It's floating around here. I'll, I'll have it for you for the the thirteenth. The, the okay. I said, and we're going to make them available for you guys as well. And if you want one, you can email Lauren. I have her email address right here. Um, they the glasses are available fifteen dollars each uh, with just the logo design, and there is the number two hundred listed uh, printed inside the lateral line of the bass to commemorate the two hundredth episode, which is awesome. Um, and then you can add your name or your Instagram handle, etc., on the back, and it uh, brings it up to twenty dollars uh, a piece. There is a flat shipping rate of ten dollars, and uh, she can ship up to five glasses for that amount, which is pretty freaking awesome. But then to to make it even better. Um, $5 of the sale of every single one of those glasses is going to Veterans Inc., which is awesome. So, Lauren, we appreciate you. That is very, we appreciate you, you obviously, and your talents, but we also appreciate you making a donation uh, with uh, some of the the in, the money coming in for these amazing products. So, uh, I will leave, I'm going to actually tell you guys Lauren's uh, email address right now, but I will put it in the notes of the show. So, if you forget it, or you can go and look at the, the notes of the show right here, I'm actually going to copy this text and put it right in here from the Facebook post. But you can email Lauren if you want one of these mugs at L Harris. That's L H A R R I S eight three one at gmail.com. She's got a website that's currently under construction and all that stuff. We will share once we have it, obviously, because we want to support her as much as we can. But uh, yeah, these glasses are beautiful. They look really great. The printing is fantastic and they are dishwasher safe, which is a big deal. A couple of you guys have already ordered some. I know that we have one going out, I believe, to Roadkill Nick. Uh, uh, Chrissy Chrissy Radwilowitz uh, also got uh, one of these puppies as well. So um, if you guys want to get your hands on a uh, limited run of these Jigs and Bigs uh, pint glasses, go ahead and, uh, and check that out. Now, let's go ahead and talk about some, some significant bullshittery happening at uh, one of America's favorite tackle retailers. You know, Bass Pro Shops just can't get its shit together, can it? Can They're it? Becoming show? like the the fucking Spirit Airlines of retailers. They really are. <laughs> it's so fucking weird, man. Like it's become cool to just just have antics at BPS. And yeah. and it's it's crazy. Uh, Sean, go ahead and, and and shed a little bit of light on this uh this current situation that w- went down in Alabama. Uh, this was yeah. This is the Alabama one. I'm gonna be so brief on this because it was insane. Yeah. And now remind me on this, Bobby, because I I sent you the article. Was this guy naked? He was, he was naked. Right? Yes. stripped right okay. down. Yeah. Naked guy runs into Bass Pro Shops or goes into Bass Pro Shops, takes his clothes off, jumps into the um the fish tank. Yep. And then on the way out, falls out climbing out, knocks himself clean out to the point where as he was being arrested, some bystander 
threw a towel on him so nobody had to look at his ass and junk. That's that's very considerate. So I didn't know. I didn't know the knockout part. That's new to me. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Out. Knocked himself clean out. Yeah, he was being arrested unconsciously. And oh, so did he? He climb over and then fall straight down. Sounds like, like it. Oh my god, you dumb fuck. So that's crazy. And the fact that he was naked that that gets you on the registry. No one wants to be. On. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> that guy's going to be popular at the post office. Yeah. Wow. Yep. yep. Oh, dude, that sucks. Yeah, I don't know what it is. And I will say this much, that we we do, through the six degrees of separation, actually have uh, a connection to the uh, the manager over at that specific uh, uh, Bass Pro Shops. Um, I, am, I am hoping we can get some commentary on this because I'm just curious. Like, I mean, I, I wondered what was up initially when I first started seeing, like, younger generation kids wearing, like, Bass Pro Shops t-shirts and hats and hoodies and stuff out. Yeah. Like, I would be hosting trivia, and I would get, like, a bunch of college students, you know, 20, 20 you know, early 20s coming in, and they're just, like, having a good time. And... uh it, what ends up happening is is like you know there's one of them that'll have like a Bass Pro hat, and uh, I, it catches my eye obviously, and I'm like, what what is this all about? What what what's actually going on here? Is this like are they wearing it ironically? I think that they are, right. and that's kind of what I chalk it up to. And I'm like, hey, whatever, that's fine. It's just like these kids that wear like Carhartt, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. they're kind of doing it ironically, I suppose. But I'm like, whatever, it is It is what it is. And uh, I think that just the antics at Bass Pro with the tank, I mean, like, how many other stores are you going to go to that has a legitimate, uh, you know, functioning freshwater fish tank right there, you know? You know what's weird? What's that? They haven't done it at any of the Cabela's, and they're owned by the same company. You know what? You know why? That's true. Because their fish tanks are covered at Cabela's. Because you have the fish tunnel. At Cabela's, oh. so not at the not at the one up north, not at the one in Berlin, the one in the one in Hartford has a tunnel. You're right. So you the one in Hartford, yep. The one up in Berlin is just like it's a smaller tank, but it's just like Bass Pro. It's not covered. Is hmm. that uh, is that tunnel at the one that's in Hartford? Is that uh, metal or is it paper? It's like fake rock. I don't know, some sort of plastic or some shit. I thought it was flesh. Well, obviously flat. I walked right into that. <laughs> Walked right into that, and I paid for it. <laughs> Flesh. <laughs> um, you know, that's a really, really good... And how come they're not, like, sporting the Cabela's hats? Uh, I mean... It, it's just... It, it, so now it, it, we talk... I think we... I think we touched on this a little bit the last time we talked yeah. about this with the fucking ding-dong. <clears throat> with the that took the fit. Actually, I don't even think it was that. I think it was, it was the one uh, prior to that. Oh, fuck, it was like, yeah. Now it's just, like the trendy thing to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? So so honestly, I don't think this will be the last one. I, I think, don't think I think so we, I think there's a couple more. I think there's a couple more in the system. Like, I, like we just talked about bandwagoners are ruining yeah, fucking fishing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. If I see some other fucking dude's nutsack at Bass Pro flopping out of the fish tank while he's getting yep. a, a a high level concussion, I I don't need these Kitex. I'll go elsewhere. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's. I mean, granted, it, what's going to happen is either 
they're gonna they're gonna start yeah no shit they're gonna either cover these tanks somehow whether it be plexiglass or whatever or they're just gonna get rid of them all together which yeah. you know my kids love looking at those so then it comes down to the one person shits their pants we all wear diapers you know yeah. what i mean yeah. <laughs> it's Dude, does, does bass pro does bass pro really want to get rid of these things because they're getting an awful lot of publicity lately it's once a week yeah on mainstream so like, news really are yeah i mean it's like it's always any, something any publicity is good publicity i guess I suppose <laughs> are so they maybe, telling their employees like hey if you see some idiot taking his clothes off in the store and getting ready to jump i mean get over to him but you don't have to be super quick yeah. you know hey stop don't do that like let yeah. him let him do what we're doing you know so that we can get the clicks and the likes you know Yep. Or, or just as call he's the cops being, immediately, so they're already on their way when this fucking ding dong. Yeah, they're like, cannonballs. oh yeah, we got a TikToker here. Can you come in and do whatever? Yeah. So as they're showing <laughs> up, as they're there, they're they're just like, hey, listen, can you do us a make sure to tag us in your post? Yeah. When you get yeah. released but, from the clink, can you can I you mean, tag us in your post? <laughs> Granted, think about it though. Think about it, and this is kind of like you know business one on one, I guess, but uh. How many people are just fucking scrolling on their fucking phone have seen this on because it is right now, it is on fo the Fox News fucking oh, yeah. app. Yep. So how many people have never been into a Bass Pro or whatever? Like, I'm I'm just gonna go check out one of these tanks. Yeah. So now you got these people who never typically would step foot in this store now are, and you know, maybe they'll buy something. So yeah, whatever. So maybe they'll buy one hey, of those cool hats to fit in. This, or maybe they'll steal a fish. This is Frank down here at Leeds, Alabama. Yet we got another drunk nude <laughs> knock himself out again. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. My what? guess is that registration in the post office is already pretty fucking long I'll down bet in you Alabama. I'll bet you it is. <laughs> oh, my God. I fucking love it. We're making friends. We're making friends all around the country, guys. <laughs> we're living up to our New England standards is what we're living up to. Uh, all right, I'm going to go kill a can of beans and choke down a can of brown bread. Uh, guys, we're going to take a short break. Uh, we got. Do we have anything else we have to pop in here? I think we kind of checked all the boxes. No. We, talk, we did. We talk more about the 200th episode. Tickets still available? I already forgot. Tickets are. We did, we did early on. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Tickets are available. Just as a reminder, if you guys are at this point and you're like, are tickets available? Or, hey, Bobby, are tickets available for the big show happening on the 13th? I'm glad you asked. They are. Uh, they are available, in fact, and you can get them. Go to jigsandbigs.com, or if you're following us on Instagram, you can just click the link in our bio. There's a purchase link right there. Just click that sucker. They will be available until, like, the end of the day on the 11th. Uh, yep. We have to hand over our uh, our headcount on the 12th that morning. We're going to do so. We're still hoping to get some more tickets sold, so if you're considering it and you're like, I don't really know, you should definitely do it. I'm also going to give you guys a little bit of a heads up while I'm thinking about this right now, when I did my walkthrough over there, I got a finalization on the menu. Everything listed on that ticket site for the menu is available with the exception of the elk carving station. There is no elk available for this event. So, But everything else is on there. I've been uh, assured that the uh, kangaroo kebabs are going to be of the utmost quality. Uh, I also know that we have a, uh, a, a three different beer options. They're going to go with one light, one dark, and I believe an IPA. Uh, the bar is going to be stocked with every th single possible element you could possibly want in there. Uh, we'll see you guys. It's going to be awesome. And uh, get your tickets. Don't fuck around. Stop fucking around. Get your tickets right now. Do us a favor. You're giving me, I could have a stroke at any time. 
<laughs> you should just give, <laughs> just get your tickets now. Really. Uh, we're going to take a short break. On the opposite end of this break, you guys are going to have a great conversation between uh, myself and Alec Plotnikevich, a local uh, absolute hammer who has just been out just killing it. He's got a new boat. He's got a plan for 2024. Uh, we have to make some plans and get out and do some fishing, uh, but that uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, make sure to give this a listen. It's a really, really good conversation. We dive into some pretty good stuff. You're not going to want to miss it. Some of it actually ties in to this list of like craziness that went on that's ruining fishing that uh, I think think is going to kind of work nice. So go ahead, give that a listen, guys. We'll see you on the opposite end of that interview with uh, a wrap-up. And uh, don't go too far. We'll be back with more after this. Jigs and Bigs wants to take a moment to say thank you to our partners for helping us continue to push the limits of our fishing adventures and bring you amazing long-form podcast content. We need to thank Dark Horse Tackle, Omnia Fishing, A Bay Lure, The Bay House, and The Ship Motel. We can't forget about Three Bells Outfitters, Torres Sunglasses, and of course, Reaction Tackle. Be sure to check the description of this podcast for any associated affiliate links or promo codes they've generously provided our listening audience. Again, we cannot thank our partners enough for their support. Please consider supporting them and supporting the show in the same process. Thanks. Hey, you. Yeah, you. The one with the impeccable taste in fishing podcasts. Bobby Roast Beef here with a little call to action for all Jigs and Bigs listeners. We're opening up our hotline to you. Now you can call us to sound off about almost anything at 413-324-8519. Want to submit someone for our FTG segment? Call us at 413-324-8519. Care to maybe suggest a topic for just the tip or bait of the week? Call us at 413-324-8519. Maybe you just want to give us or anyone else a little shout out on the show, or you want to suggest a guest for the beef seat. You guessed it. Call us at 413-324-8519. The Jigs and Bigs hotline is there for you to leave a message with us 24-7. Just call 413-324-8519. Also, you can check that number in the notes of this podcast. My 2024 is off to a, an amazing start. It's just been just balls to the wall craziness. Uh, but we have an amazing, amazing interview segment here. We got a great guest, a returning guest. We got Alec Plotnikevich with us, and uh, I'll tell you what I feel. It's been a while, Alec, since we've had you on the show, right? It's probably been about. It's been over a year, like 14, 15 yeah, months, been, something like that. It's been a long time. It's almost two years, I think. Has it, it been? I think it was episode one hundred eight, maybe the last time I checked. That sounds about right. So yeah, we're we're coming up right on two years there, which is, I feel like is is kind of like the ideal sort of situation to do any kind of follow up because in that amount of time you've had some pretty big stuff going on. Um, yeah, you know we're talking about. I mean, let alone like the fishing has been great for you. You were one of those. Uh, friends of the show that send us a lot of uh, content and tag us and a lot of that stuff. So you're out there killing it in Western Massachusetts. And we're 
you're asking ourselves, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> so you're out there killing it, but also like new boats, like life changes, like stuff's been going on. So like catch us all up to speed. What's been up? Um, so I mean, geez, since since the last time I was on, um, I, like you said, I got the new boat. Yep. Um, I had a the tracker 40th um heritage edition mm. before when we talked last and I had just recently got it the season prior. And yep. This past October I picked up a uh the tracker pt195 tournament edition so you know another two feet in length and a lot more width and 150 horsepower motor so the old 40 horse that was on the other one. Oh yeah so it was a pretty big upgrade um i think i, I mean i got married since the last time we were yeah around. congratulations we were man that's awesome <laughs> love that thank you how is married um, life you you got everything good yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, we had, we had been dating for so long before we got married. It's We, we were already living together, so we mm -hmm. kind of just rolled into it. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> Nothing awesome. changed. That's kind of how it was with me, with us, with my, my wife and I. Like, you know, we we had, geez, we got married. We had a four-year-old. A uh, four-year-old. No, she wasn't four, was she? Jesus. Yeah. She was like four. Jesus Christ. Ah. <laughs> uh. It's what I always tell people when they ask me, like, what's the key to a good marriage? And I was like, as soon as you start dating somebody you think is the one. Knock them up right away. Just fucking <laughs> knock them up and then break up for two years and then come back together. That's an amazing story. <laughs> Something maybe I'll share it. I don't know. Um, that's that's good. Things things are good. I'm glad, man. What else has been up with you? Um, Not too much. Um, I mean, I've just been fishing as much as i can um mm -hmm. i'm still working a ton yeah um but you know i get out every chance i get I, i'm lucky where i have a decent schedule where i only work yeah. four days a week yep. um i have every sunday off and then a rotating schedule during the week so i get a lot of weekdays to get out there and you know when it's not too busy out um so you know just been fishing as much as i can and doing all that i'm in a tournament um club a TBF affiliated club that's out of Western Mass. It's called the Pioneer Valley Bass Club. I've been oh, okay. fishing with them for the past two seasons. Nice. Um, and that's been going great. Um, had a couple wins, a couple second place AOY finishes back to back. Um, so that's been awesome, going good. Dude. Good, dude, good. I'm glad to hear it. That's awesome. That's you're freaking killing it, dude. And like, like I said, I mentioned your content before. If you guys aren't following Alec, you're you're failing at life. You're dropping the ball. You need to follow Plotno Seven on Instagram. And I bring this up because, like, yeah, you catch donkeys. But I'll tell you, one of the things I love most about your content is your camera angles are amazing, and you use. A camera. We've had conversations online about this before, but you use one of those. Uh, what is it called? A uh, something three hundred and sixty Insta three hundred and sixty Insta three hundred and sixty. Yep. And it's it's such a great setup because you've got a good vantage point, or you know, right in the in the corner of the boat. But you get three hundred and sixty degrees. If there's something going on, you have access to it. But it's just like it's it's almost like being on the back of the boat watching you just hook into these absolute tanks so it's a really yeah. cool thing i recommend you guys go ahead follow alec definitely check that out and and see what's going on um let's dive into you know when when you and i first talked about scheduling this meeting we, we were talking kind of about goals 
what yep. is what is 2024 looking like for you? Like, do you have anything lined up on tap that you want to try to accomplish? Like any resolutions as far as fishing goes that you want to kind of dive into or what's on the agenda there? What are you hoping to accomplish in 24? Yeah, so um, I'm definitely looking to, you know, up my game a little bit. Um, I mean, first and foremost, I want to come in first in Angler of the Year in my yeah. club. I'm fishing the same club again. Nice. Um, like I said, I came in second the past two years behind the same guy that came in first the oh. past two years. So, I mean, we got a really healthy, healthy group of guys that, That's you good. know, it's competitive, but it's it's all in fun. Yeah. You know, we're not, we're not a big club. You know, we're not going out for thousands of dollars. Um, you know, you, you want a couple hundred bucks every tournament if you win. Yeah. And you know, so it's, it's real, real light competitive, but yeah. you know, it, for me, it kind of gets that competitive juices going again. Like sure. when I played sports throughout my whole younger years in college and stuff. And yep. I just really enjoy it. Um, it's a lot of fun and we got a great group of guys. So I'd like to jump into getting to the first this year and angler of the year. Hell yeah, man. And, uh, along with that, you know, I think it kind of helps me to, you know, be more consistent on the water. Yep. Um, you know, it's, I think that's my biggest hurdle to get over strictly in tournaments is, you know, I'll have a lot of, you know, good finishes and I'll place in the top three. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'll have one or two of those tournaments where I just kind of flop and it's just not, not a good day out there. Don't, don't place very well. And it happens. It'll, it'll hurt. And you know, it does happen. And, yeah. And I, I understand that. And I think it's just something I want to try and try and limit those days yep. during tournament days. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's sometimes it's, you know, those days just happen and the fishing's tough and you can't figure them out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like to think that I can do better to limit those days. And sometimes, sometimes you probably just can't, you yeah. know, but one other thing I would like to do is be less stubborn. And that kind of correlates into the more consistent <laughs> yep. thing. And yeah. Sometimes I, I get that tunnel vision, you know, I have, I have the 10 rods rigged up with mm-hmm. what I think they're going to be on that day. And I try to force feed them, you know, you're going to eat this jig in this color with that trailer and you know, it's just not happening, you know, so I got to, got to be a, bit, a little bit better about switching up when I'm throwing to uh, be, maybe get more bites. That's is, that's uh that's that's man that takes a lot to even acknowledge <laughs> you know what i mean it really does um i'll tell you the thing that makes the thing that makes it tough is we can only like react you know like we can only control our reaction to those types of things um it's just one of those deals where you kind of have to Go with, I guess, a, a clear mind and and be open to you know uh, switching things up if need be. I like the 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 term you use, tunnel vision. You know, I, I like the way you worded that too, that tunnel vision, because yeah, and and also the way you said like force feeding, because it happens with me all the time. I'll have a plan and it's not necessarily lining up, and then I start to just kind of spiral, and then oftentimes what will end up happening is I almost lose sight of paying attention to the clues. And figuring out a pattern that might actually work. And then I just start junk fishing, like throwing something to see what's going to stick because I'm like, well, if that's not working, we'll try this. How about such and such? Um, Yeah. Do you have any idea of like how you're going to like go about it? Or are you just going in with an open mind? Um, A little bit of both. Um, I think, 
like you said, it's a good thing to let the fish kind of tell you what they're looking for. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you, if you're getting follows on something, you know, throw, throw and they're not committing, throw something that maybe is the same color, but a different, um, presentation yep. or yeah. vice versa, a different presentation. Um, or I mean the same presentation, but a different color. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, sometimes those little clues will, will help you get onto something. Yeah. And then the other thing too, is just, you know, just be willing to dumb it down as much as possible and just throw a wacky rig or throw a Texas rig weightless Senko and just grind that out. I mean, it's, it it can suck because the bite's slow, but sometimes all you need in these tournaments because generally if you're struggling, a lot of times everyone else is too. You're on the same body of water and the bite could be tough for everyone. So the biggest thing I want to try and do too is make sure I get five fish. Yeah, exactly. You want to make sure I get to that five. And then from there I can worry about upgrading size. Mm -hmm. If if it comes to that, because a lot of times, you know, when I have finished in the top, you know, top half of the group, it's, you know, I only have five fish for 10 pounds, which I mean, isn't a bad day, but no, you know, it's not anything to write home about in the sense of, you know, a weighing bag in a tournament, but it yeah. still gives you the, that consistency to, um, you know, hopefully in my case, get, get into first and angler of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's just the matter of getting to that point of realizing just, just stick with it and stick to, you know, if you have to grind it out with a Senko, just grind it out with a Senko. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. You know, once you get that five, Mm-hmm. Even if they're all five twelve inches, you have five fish, and you can go from there and upgrade. Yep. You know. Yeah. And then you could throw the stuff that you thought was going to work, and you know. So I might try that in a in a couple tournaments this year. Is just get to five as easy as possible. Yeah. And don't worry about how big they are, and then try and upgrade throughout the day. Yeah, it's 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 funny, man. There's like, I I always have this this theory, like. You know, they always say that there's a little bit of luck that is part of fishing. And I feel like where that weighs in the most is when you're talking about quality of fish, the size of fish, not like looking at a body of water. And like, if you know that there's a big population of bigs in there, that's different. I'm saying looking at one body of water and where in the water those larger fish are, it's, it's, that's like where the biggest element of luck. And I'll be honest with you. I think that that's a situation where... (laughs) maybe and that is like i'm using it in air quotes like maybe forward facing sonar can like assist with that as far as knowing knowing like the size of fish that are out there but it's still who knows what the species is you know yeah. that's there's there's still a wild card i feel like there's always going to be some kind of a wild card yeah you know one way or the other and uh it it, it is it's, i think that's the biggest challenge like a, a lot of folks that and i know it's happened to me in the few times that i've done any kind of competing where I might hook into a fish and I'm like, man, this isn't going to help me at all. But you're right. Like getting to that limit, focusing on catching, you know, I I really like the way Sean, the fisherman puts it. He goes, catch, start out by, I just got to catch one fish. Okay. Now we've got one. Now I just have to fill a bag. 
whatever that limit is, we do that. And then we can worry about the rest later. So I, I think that that's, that's a great plan. Um, do you have any suggestions for like when you're looking to upsize, like where's your head at typically, are you going to throw, you know, are you in that camp of like big bait, big fish, or are you more of, I'm just going to try to target specific pieces of structure. Um, or is so, it a little both? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, a little bit of both. Um, I'll let the fish tell me like if they're mm -hmm. hanging around rock, then I'll, I'll focus on rock. If they're hanging around wood or docks, I'll yep. focus on those. Um, but this year, especially I, I definitely got into throwing the big board, big baits a lot more. Yep. Um, and it definitely helps. And in, in some cases it definitely helped. Yeah. Um, and I, I got onto some good bites with it in certain places and it, it definitely helped. I mean, the one tournament I came in first this year, I caught the lunker of the tournament on a seven inch glide bait. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so, so it's not, not a massive glide bait yeah. in, in big bait standards, but um, for me, it's bigger um, than I'm conventional. Still, yeah, exactly. And I'm still working up to getting into those bigger, bigger baits. Um, yep. But right now I'm very comfortable throwing, you know, the seven to eight inch size yeah. glides. And, and, you know, it's one of those where it, it helped me a ton. I learned a lot during pre-fishing throwing that bait around mm -hmm. for that tournament. Yep. And I knew if I was struggling, I could, it was a, it's Webster or like chugga-bugga-bugga-bo, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's one of those places where it's just full of docks everywhere. And, and I just, I found a bite where it was just pitching the glide bait around docks and yep. watching fish come out for it. And even if I wasn't catching those fish, mm -hmm. I'd, you know, I'd say, okay, I know there's a big fish under this dock. I can come back to it later and yeah. maybe try and catch it with something more conventional. Exactly. Or try and get it to come out to the glide bait again. Yeah. Switch up, you know, the color I was throwing or the, the size or yeah. or vice versa. So it it's one of those things where upsizing did help me in certain instances this year. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it never really hurt me because I don't, that's one thing I've been good about is don't, I don't get stubborn with the yes. big baits. Good. Because, it's I don't I don't get them locked in my hand because I'm I'm a traditionally conventional guy. Yep. So it it was easy for me to put that down and say, okay, I haven't had any followers in you know 10, 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. I'll put this down for a little while and try something else. No, that makes a lot of sense. You know, it there's always that that conversation that folks have too about like what's your follow-up bait. Like when I rig, when I'm going out for the day on my kayak, I have there's two rod holders on either side of my seat. And the rest of my rods get stored behind me in my in my bag on yeah. the, on rod holders there. And what I always try to do is I plan. I'm like, okay, so I got to find fish. So I'll start with something that's like moving. And depending on conditions, I may that may may look different. You know, it, it might be it might be a finesse swim bait one day. It might be a chatter bait another day. It might be a swim jig, depending on on what I'm dealing with. And then I'll have something else. Like lots of times it might be something a little bit more finessey. It might be a Ned rig. It might be a, a weightless Senko or a, a small Texas rig or something like that. It might even be a jig, you know, and it'll be something that's more or less like once I see a fish and I can spot like I'll get either a follow or I just see them in the area, then I can slow down and throw something. And I, I've seen before like where I've had a follow on something big and then just immediately just switched over to that follow-up bait. And usually I try to plan in advance where, and this only is like leaving the launch. Otherwise it's a crapshoot. Who knows? But when I plan yeah. ahead, I try to go like and match those 
profiles a little bit like, or at least the color a little bit more in the same sort of element. So if I've got something that's got green with some blue, I might have a Ned rig that's got green with some blue to try to follow up, you know, against that, yep. that swim jig or whatever it might be. It, it, it's just, I mean, the, I love the mentality of the, of the competitive angler, you know, when you're going out there, it is like, I don't know. There's just something so unique about the way that that different folks will plan their attack on a specific body of water or or something. And the beauty of it is it's like there's so much personal preference in there. It's like it's almost anything. Yeah. Almost anything goes. There are limits, obviously. But yeah, that's that's just freaking nuts, man. So how, how in that like instance you're talking, how did it work out for you? Did coming back later and, and downsizing or? Or switching up so, the presentation. So in that instance, it, coming back didn't do anything. It, it was a tough bite for everyone that day. Yeah. Um, but I was able to get five, and I, it wasn't anything special. You know, I had one four. I forget the biggest. It was it was in the four pound range. It was high fours, mm -hmm. and that was the longer of the tournament. And then the rest of the fish I had were relatively small. I had one yeah. smallmouth as well that was um, like just under three pounds. And I think I weighed in, you know, 12 to 13 pounds for the tournament yeah. that ended up winning. So, you know, when it's on a place like that, with that types of weights, you know, it was a tough day out there. Oh, because yeah. Generally, you know, you can, you can get 20 pound bags out there, you and know, consistently. That's the so thing. And, and that body of water specifically gets hammered all the time. Oh yeah. It's, yeah. It, it, if you go on the state's website, it's in the top one or two places that hold tournaments in mm -hmm. the state. Kongamon being another one that yeah. just gets hammered, just it gets, gets it from destroyed. both Connecticut and Massachusetts. Oh, oh yeah, man, yeah, that's oh, that's so a good point. You know, they're they're great bodies of water, but they just they get they get hammered. And yeah. um, you know, I talked to a lot of the guys that fished Webster kind of consistently. Yep. Um, and th they said this year was a weird weird year out there. You know, the the bite was never real consistent for yep. them, and especially like late in the season. Um, they were able to get on stuff usually every year, you know, pretty consistently finding the fish out deep. And this year they, they had a hard time finding them. Yeah. They were saying. So I think that that place has taken its fair share of beatings in the past couple of years. So. Nice. Um, since we last had you on the show, like what's your, you know, I know I asked you before what your confidence baits were, has anything changed or come into the fold as far as, presentations that you're like yeah this is this is one thing i've got more confidence now in yeah definitely the, the jig oh the really? jig is now now my number one yeah. i always have it tied on and i always probably have multiple tied on um and i i really wanted one of my goals a couple of years ago um i know we never never talked about goals when we we spoke but one yep. of my goals was to learn how to jig fish because i was a strictly texas rig yeah um guy back then and mm -hmm. i just i didn't have the confidence in the jig you know i would i would i would I had them and I'd, I'd throw them and i wouldn't get bit yep um you know i wouldn't have a good day on it and i'd just put it to the wayside for you know another month until i'd try it again mm -hmm. and uh, you know i the past couple of years i've really locked the jig in my hand and yeah. now it's my biggest confidence bait i have it's and i just i love throwing them it's so wild i i've you know, when I first started catching fish on jigs, I was throwing, you know, like a, a three eighths ounce Arky head all the time. But it's so funny, man, because like this last year has totally changed my opinion on various sizes of jigs. I've caught, 
you know, I've caught pretty good fish on like much larger jigs, like three quarter ounce, like punching jigs. I've caught, yeah. and I've caught a ton on finesse jigs, which is like, you know, I mean, like a, a jig is so versatile. I, I it, it, it astounds me when I talk to folks that are just like, yeah, I just like, they over mystify it almost a little bit. Like if you yeah. can fish a Texas rig, you can fish a jig. If you can fish yep. a Ned rig, you can fish a jig. It's all like, you know. And it's super versatile. And then, uh, you know, it's funny, like swim jigs this year, the biggest thing for me, and this is, this kind of leans toward that bigger bait sort of mentality. Um, I've upsized all the trailers on the uh, jigs, on the swim jigs I'm throwing. Like now I'm throwing yeah. f- at five inch uh, paddle tails at minimum. And I've noticed an increase in the quality of fish that I've had and the number of bites. Yeah. And I'm not sure. Yeah if it's directly related to the fact that it's a larger profile and it can call fish maybe from a little bit further. Cause that's always been a big thing with me with big baits is I like to, I'm trying to lean on big baits for two things. Um, when they get finicky with like conventional stuff, I like to either go big or go, go small either direction or sometimes even both. But for the, the big baits specifically, what makes them unique is I'm trying to use those to call fish out. So like I had only one instance this year where it really like it paid off. Um, I was throwing around. It wasn't a a huge bait. It was a six inch mag draft and I was just getting followed on it like crazy. So I went and I downsized a little bit to like more of a finesse swim bait in, in a similar color. It was like a perch pattern. And then I instantly just started hooking up over and over and over again. And it was, I, I, it's kind of nice because like, that's why I want to throw like those big, like the mag drafts and the the glide baits is to kind of get the attention of fish when they're feeding and see if I can call them out from more of a distance. If I have to, you know, catch them on a, another, you know, presentation, that's fine. But I just, you know, I just kind of want to get that. Like I hear it all the time and I still have to kind of build the confidence to like get it to click in my head. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that I'm a, I'm a little bit closer now with throwing the, the larger trailers on the swim jigs. Like it's a it's in it that secondary action too with the skirt versus yeah. throwing like a, just a big swim bait on a, an underspin or on a, a, a you know on a on a like a owner beast hook or something like that. You get that undulating skirt, so like it's sort of starting to help my confidence a little bit. But yeah, like jigs in general are just fucking versatile, yeah. and you just can't and, you go know, wrong. Like you said, with the bigger. Um the bigger trailers on the swim jigs. I've, mm-hmm. I've done that a little bit this year too. And I've, oh, I've really? seen results with it as well. That's awesome. Um, and, and part of me wonders if it's more on um, not so much the size, it's the, the overall profile. If it's, yeah. you know, a little taller, like generally in a swim jig, unless you're throwing a white one, you're trying to mimic like a bluegill yep. most of the time. And you know, those bluegills bodies are, are tall, yeah. you know? So I think if you throw that bigger, that bigger chunk of plastic on there, it just, it's just more, more um volume to the bait yeah than just throwing a regular swim jig so it might mimic that um the push of the water yep you know yeah and and i think it it's might be something to do with that more so than the length um but because like i've thrown the uh the beast coast miyagi on the the Mm -hmm. back of a swim jig and that's just you know it's like a 4.75 um swim bait Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's got a big body to it it's not very long but it's got a big body and i noticed when i was throwing that um i was getting a lot of bites in spots that you know i was throwing the frog over vegetation and i started Uh, throwing that instead of the frog and 
when I was throwing that, I was starting to get bitten spots that they just weren't hitting the frog or they weren't hitting, you know, I was flipping in with a Texas rig and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, it was, they wanted something moving, but I just had to lock in that, that size apparently and the, yeah. the action that you're looking for. And the action is something too. That's, that's a whole other part of it. Like I'm, I'm a guy that will get stuck in a rut where I'm going to throw those fat impact Kitex, like that style paddle tail swim bait all the time. And this year I've tried to get and get out of my own head a little bit and, and play around a bit more like where I've been using more like shad shaped baits. Um, that I, this, this fall, I just, I was cleaning house on these little three inch, um, I, th I think I got them at like Cabela's. They're super generic, like minnow, like black top, pearlescent kind of belly. I throw a little bit of highlight on there with some spike it markers. And what I would throw yeah. them on is just like uh, an open hook net, like an eighth ounce. And I'd throw these around for multi-species and I would, I would catch everything on them. It was fantastic. Probably the best fall I've ever had with like a moving bite at all. It was absolutely nice. out of this world. It was great. But like you change up that action and, and that does weight. I think I, I wasn't giving myself enough credit for doing that. So like I got into throwing some Largo shads that have a different sort of movement than that big fat tail just swinging in the back left to right, which is great. Like, but they've also number one seen that a bunch, but it's a different, it's just a completely different action altogether. Yeah, I agree. And you know, even like you said with that fat impact, how they have that that wide sweeping tail. Yeah. I think sometimes they're they're looking for that something that's a little more subtle. Yeah, I agree. You know, you, when you see bait fish, um, generally, you know, they're they're real small movements and real tight movements. Mm -hmm. You know, there there are times where that fat impact is the deal, and that's what they're eating. Oh yeah, and we've all had days where that's the case, and sometimes for whatever reason, they're just looking for something as subtle as possible. Yep. And, you know, if you can learn, and this is something I've been trying to teach myself and mm -hmm. part of what it works into my goals for this coming year is learn to, even if it's just as simple as switching up, like you said, on the back of a Ned, switching up yeah. that bad impact to a different type of bait. Mm -hmm. And it, sometimes it can be something as simple as that is what turns them on, you know? So it's, it's yeah. one of those things where I've been, like you said, just switching it up and you had great luck with it doing that. Yeah. So it's, you know, a testament to it. Yeah. I can't, I can't get enough of it. I think it's, uh, it's definitely something that, you know, this, this year is funny. I, I, I picked up a, a bait binder and uh, I dedicated one. I've, I've, I've used bait binders for soft plastics all the time, just to kind of like downsize what I have to carry. Um, and not bring it. It doesn't stop. I mean, it, it hasn't ever been effective. Like I still bring every yeah. single plastic in another bag or something, but it's stowed away. But to have access right where I am, like pretty much the general stuff that I'm going to throw, I keep in a bait binder. And this year I pulled all my swim baits out of it and I picked up a separate binder, a larger one. that's a little bit more organized and they're all organized by size. And I have anything from like a two inch to a five or a six inch. Yeah. I think some of the biggest ones that I have in there are six inch um, swim baits of all varieties. And it's really kind of paid off. I think it's made a big difference. That's one thing this year that I've been doing. Throwing swim baits in general has been a, a kind of a, that's, that's becoming more of a confidence bait on my end. I don't know if you heard on the, on the show earlier, what was it late summer? It must've been like mid to late summer. I had, uh, yeah, I think, I think it was actually like August or September. I had, uh, I had hooked into a good size pike on a small, tiny finesse swim jig and yeah. uh, this is over at a, uh, a noda 
And like I fought this fish for what I thought was like 10 minutes. It was ridiculous. Brought me into the grass. Like, you know, my finesse, this is my wacky rig combo that I'm throwing this on tiny little three sixteenths ounce, um, finesse jig with uh, a three inch Kytec on the back. And uh, I got this fish up to the boat and he broke me off, uh, right as I was grabbing and putting the net in the water to scoop him up. And he was, he was bigger than my, uh, than my catch board. Like this would have been something where I would have had to be on the bank measuring this with a tape with my tape measure alongside the board to even enter it. But I'm like, yeah. you got to be absolutely kidding me. And it's just like, I I feel like, like the throwing swim baits, like I, this year for me, it's, it's totally been a, been a, a, a new confidence bait where that's, I'm going to lean that way a lot because everything eats bait fish. Um, now we're talking like big baits and stuff. Let's go the entire opposite. Are you getting into BFS at all? Like, where's your head at with all this stuff? So I haven't yet. Um, the keyword is yet. I'm, yeah. I'm sure at some point I will. Um, and that's that's another thing that you know a little, a little goal. And yeah, so pretty much I want to get better with the more finesse stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and. You know, I've, I always have a drop shot tied on. Yeah, that's that's easy enough. Um, and one bait that I don't have any confidence in, and it's weird because you know I fish the jig and it's the Ned rig. Oh yeah, I and for whatever reason I I just can't get bit on it, and it's it's part of it's my fault for not throwing it enough. Yeah, and sticking with it when I am throwing yeah. it. Um, but it's it, for whatever reason, I just don't have the confidence in it. And every time I tell someone that they, they kind of look at me a little funny. I'm like, seriously, like that's, that's something that everyone gets bit on. And I, yeah. for whatever reason, I've yet to have luck with it, but I definitely want to get into the more finesse stuff because that's another thing that can help, you know, in my, my case oh, yeah. during tournaments where I'm not having a good day out there. And it's something where I say, instead of just, sticking the jig in my hand and trying to force feed the fish with it. Yep. I can switch out to something a little more finesse on the opposite spectrum of throwing oh, yeah. a big bait. And, you know, I've been listening to the show um, and hearing you guys talk about the BFS and all that. And it's definitely something because me personally, I like throwing the, you know, bait casters more than the spinning rods. Yep. So it's definitely something that kind of fits my, my likes that um, I should definitely look into. Um, so I, I've seen myself down the road, definitely getting into the BFS setups and going, going that route with it. Um, even if it's not throwing, you know, like small top wires, but if it's just throwing, you know, like those three sixteen ounce net heads on a casting rod, you know? Oh yeah, man. Well, you know, it's, it's wild, dude, this year. So I've been pushing hard for the multi-species tournaments that we've been running, the national stuff. And I've been having a blast with it. It's so much fun. But I'll tell you what, like really for a lot of these species, I find myself leaning toward my spinning combos in order to just throw the small enough baits in order to be able to get bit, you know, Um, not to say that that's an issue, but here's some old man shit. (laughs) So holding a spinning rod all day for like six or eight hours gives me like the worst, like flare up carpal tunnel. Like it's just the mechanics of the way you hold a spinning rod. Holding a yeah. bait caster is way easier. Cause I, I generally, when I hold a bait caster, I hold the reel, you know, 
kind of palm it yep. as much as I can. Yep. And I, I do that. So it's a little bit different. And even better is switching between the two, like all day long, something like that. So yeah. like when I like a oh, perfect example is this, like when I go out trout fishing, I'll go out and I'm generally throwing all spinning gear all day long. I've got yeah. one combo that's a little bit shorter that I'll throw like small jerk baits and stuff like that on. Um, I have another combo and this is the other combo that gets used a lot for my really light baits. So um, inline spinners. uh what else do I throw on there? Um, you know, it's really small, soft plastics, beetle spins, stuff like that. And, and this stuff works great, but I need a really, really light combo to be able to, you know, cast these effectively. And uh, I had the other uh, that rod also plays a role in my drop shot rod. That's I, I purchased it specifically for that. And I find that if like if the drop shot's not getting bit, I end up cutting off that rig and then having to re-rig something else. And I'd like to try to avoid that as much as I can. I'd yeah. like to keep that sucker rigged up with a drop shot. That's the one that I go to. And that's kind of what it does. So for me, BFS kind of filled two roles. It kind of puts something in my hand so that this way I can, you know, use a search bait. And then I can also, you know, I can use my other spinning combo with a follow-up or something along those lines. I could throw uh, a, a larger Ned on that. But the the uh, BFS stuff is is I think gonna help me out quite a bit. So I had been looking around at some of the stuff, and I've been picking people's brains. And a lot of people have been buying like, you know, like the Corrado BFS reel, and some of the rods yeah. that they're choosing. I'm looking at these things, and I'm like, they they're they're rated for like an eighth ounce at the lightest. I'm like, yeah. that's, I'm looking at I'm you know. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm looking at baits that are like true, genuinely like ultralight baits, 132nd ounce jigs, tiny yeah. sub two inch, either minnows or uh, swim baits, anything like that. Um, and then like, like the beetle spin, I will, uh, that style, that like micro spinner bait has caught me yeah. so many fish and, and put me in a good position um, in a lot of these, these tournaments. So I took the leap this year and I put together a combo that was at the uh, recommendation of uh, Jeff and Paul at uh, Aggressively Average Anglers. And yep. dude, the rod just showed up yesterday. Holy oh, shit. Nice. It's so nice. It's a Shimano Majestic uh, XT. Um, okay. It's the smallest rod I've got in my entire, like it's the shortest rod. It's a 6.5 light fast wow yeah and it's just the way it's developed like it's just got enough tip where it can really do it all pretty well yeah so i'm like yeah i'm, I'm pretty fucking stoked on this we'll see what i, I just awesome. just before our interview we were, we were talking earlier uh about the full disclosure we'll remove the beef curtain here alec and i had a, a conversation before we started this on instagram and he said hey are we doing this and it was a little after 10 o'clock in the morning and it's because i had to clean up a little uh, dog mess but before that all happened, I dropped like a hundred bucks on ultralight to lures at, uh, at mule fishing. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm a mess, dude. This is the worst time of year for me. This is the worst time of year. I'm a financial you. disaster area. Yep. Well, expo season's coming right around the corner. God, and it's, 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 worse. it's tough on me. <laughs> um, I'm, uh, are you planning on hitting up, uh, all the expos locally? Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely be at the New England show. Yep. Um, I'll most likely go to the New Hampshire one as well, and then I'll probably. Nice. Last year I wasn't able to go, but I I've been going for years to the Springfield one. Springfield at the big nice. We're um, gonna, so I'll hopefully be going there definitely. this year. Make sure you come by and say hi. We're gonna have our booth at the Springfield show. 
Oh yeah, definitely. I did a uh, a look at my calendar to try to like put some things away. I so it looks like for me the weekend of the New England fishing show. I'm actually going to like South Jersey with my kayak to fish with a listener, and we're going to record some content. Uh, so that weekend is out for me. And then I was like, oh, what about the New Hampshire show? I'll take a ride up there. We'll see what's up with that. And I look at that. I believe that's the same weekend I'm going to Lake Jordan <laughs> to fish with the, <laughs> fish with the jabber hammer. So I'm like, uh, I'm probably going to miss that one too. In a way, even though I'm taking trips and I'm going to be spending a little bit of money there, I think overall I'm actually going to be ahead. I think by yeah. the time tax yeah. season comes around, I think I'll be ahead. As, as long as you're not losing a whole grocery bags worth of baits on those trips, I think you're all right. You'll, be in, exactly the, you'll be in the green. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be all right. I think it'll be all right. I mean, I, I'm already stocking up. Like the thing is, now I'm not. I'm not buying stuff right now that like I I've got. I really my entire focus right now is kind of like putting together some gear for BFS fishing and then leaving it sort of at that. The yep. Only other thing that has been on my mind lately as far as spending money is the idea of getting a boat. Yeah. Yeah, that could be rough. That, that's uh I'm I'm in that boat right now. I bought my first one with cash and yep. didn't have a payment on it. And this one I, I financed after the trade-in and still I see that payment. I'm like, it's it's doable, but I'm just like, man, I wish I didn't have that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'd be nice to chase it down. I mean, you know, I was, I was talking last week with, with, uh, Art Slater and, and, you know, we were talking about getting out and fishing. Like, my, I, don't get me wrong. I love kayak fishing. I, I truly do. And kayak fishing with other people is really cool. But for me, like I love to fish with other folks and I, I know that I could, have a, a better experience just having fun and fishing with people, especially like folks that don't fish all the time, you know, that are like looking to yeah. like, you know, oh, yeah, let me go and try this out. It would be an easier sell to say, okay, I'm going to drop my boat in over here, meet me at the launch, then to say, you got a kayak? Or, you know, I'll tell you what, I got my, my yeah. paddle kayak. You're welcome to it, you know, or, or even, yeah. you know, even like in my wife's case, I'm like, no, 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 you take the pedal kayak. You take, you take the Titan, you go out in that, I'll paddle behind you in the Ascend 128 and it'll be great. And she's like, you know, with her, especially, she's like, I'm going to fall out of that thing. I'm not, you know, she won't even go and give it a shot on the hottest day of the summer when it would be refreshing to fall into the pond. She won't even give it a shot. Like it's yeah. ridiculous. So it's got me thinking that maybe it's boat time. Like maybe I need to start looking around to see what we can do for a boat. I just don't want to have another registration and my maintain and all that <laughs> other shit. I'm like, ah, uh, yep. you know, another trailer that I have to register. Cause I've, you know, I've got multiples already. Yep. And you know what boat stands for? Break out another thousand. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and it, I'm finding that out already with this new one. Really? You are <laughs> now. You have, yeah, a lot of it's been my own my own fault. Um, oh, all right, but you know it's it, I I have half of a three in one transducer on the back of my boat right now. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it uh, I don't know what happened, but I was about a month or two after I I got it, I was running yep. and all of a sudden my graph went black and said I lost connection to the transducer. When oh. I stopped and looked, there was half a transducer down there. That ain't good. That's so, not good at all. So I got to get that replaced. And then I have an issue with the uh, onboard charger. I got to get that replaced, but that's under warranty. So yeah. that's fine. It's more just a hassle having to deal with. That's good. But no, that's, um, that's awesome. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been fun. I, it's, 
got to get all this stuff figured out before the spring, but that's all right. I got plenty of time. You got, that's the thing you do. You have time to kind of get things worked out and all of that jazz. Yeah. It is. You, you hear that all the time. Like folks will say like, Oh yeah, I, you know, I, I broke a, a prop or I broke this, or I got to replace this on my boat. I need a backup, whatever. And you know, it's funny, like I'm looking at stuff and like you mentioned, like you're, you're, you've upgraded your tracker. Uh, and same thing with, with art last week, he was telling me about a tracker. I think aluminum's the way to go hands down. Like yep. that's where, where I, I know what kind of a dipshit I am and I know it's going to be a smart move to have an aluminum boat. I'm kind yeah. of leaning toward like more of like a deep V type hull. Cause again, like I'm just, I'm, I'm basically the recreational angler. Like I'm not really yep. going and doing any kind of like crazy tournament stuff. I don't really need anything. I'm looking at like the pro guides um, yes. is stuff like that. I think might work out pretty good. Like I want a console. And I want to be able to sit down and like, you know, motor from spot to spot or something like that. Yeah. But I also want to have enough seating where if my wife and kids just want to go and cruise around on the river and go watch the fireworks for the 4th of July. Cause I know that's exactly all they care about, you know, yep. that'll work for, for that with no problem, you know, throw oh, a hundred percent. And yeah. honestly, I, I kind of agree with that idea of, the uh, you know, like those DV pro guides for what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you're not looking to do the the full on bass boat tournament stuff, yeah, you don't you don't need the you know like like in my case the the 195. You know, and oh yeah, even and even like the the smaller versions of it, the you know the 175. Yep. Um, you know that's those are those are bass fishing boats and i mean you can obviously multi-species fish off mm -hmm. but they're that's what they're meant for they're meant for fishing and there's not much luxury on them you know yeah that's it's, exactly and it. you know they got two or three seats you know it's and, it, and it's tough like on my old boat you know it was it was tough to go out with more than two people on it it, mm -hmm. it was rated for three but there there wasn't a third seat and once you get two people on it with gear, it's you're you're kind of crammed for room. So yeah. that was part of the reason for wanting to upgrade. You know, was getting something with a little more space on yeah. it, so I could bring out more than just me and one other person. Yeah. Um. And and especially on like during team tournaments, it, it was it was getting tough on my old boat where we could do it, but you know, you're you're making sure you're not stepping on rods and tripping over bags and stuff that because they didn't have a lot of space for storage so oh, yeah a lot of the stuff was just out in the open now i got too much storage that i know what to deal with so i'm trying to figure that out but yeah um it's it's definitely allowed me to um have that more space and i think with those pro guides it's it's nothing but comfort on those and with the benefit of having a deck space for fishing that's exactly yeah. it. It's a little bit of everything. Cause like, that's what I was saying last episode is like my wife, she, she tried early on. She's like, Oh, you want to get a boat? You should get a pontoon boat. Think about all the fun parties we could have on there and everything. I was like, and I did the math in my head. I was like, realistically, I was like, how often do you think you're going to come out on this? She kind of will probably come out like once a month. I was like, okay, so for you once a month is like three months. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe four months. I'll give her four months. Maybe she comes out in May. So that's one third of the year. I, I told her, I was like, every single other trip that that gets used for is going to be for me for fishing, which right. you know, I, at this time I was only fishing like twice, a, twice a week. Now I'm fishing four days a week generally, yeah. you know, which I think I should be doing better when I'm on the water fishing that often, but it doesn't seem to be the case. <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll get there. One, one problem at a time. One problem at a time. And I, so I told her, I was like, you know, I'm going out twice a week. I'm like, that's eight times a month. I go, you know, the majority of the time I'm going to be dragging around this boat that's not really geared toward what I'm doing. I'm just needing to make it work. You know, so I think you know, I think maybe I could kind of sway her on something like this and she might, you know, be all right with it. I'm checking some yeah. of these out because that's the other thing with me, too. Like, I want to travel. I want to go and hit bodies of water that they, like I have no experience on whatsoever. I'd like to go fish the Great Lakes, you know, um, yeah. and and check that out. So I'm looking for something that that can handle that big water, um, handle passengers. And like also I could make sense for like trolling if I was going to go that route, you know, yeah trolling for like salmon or whores, whatever. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh God. I mean, honestly, just, just take a trip to Bass Pro with her one of these days and, and let her see the pro guys in person. Yeah. I think that, that you know? would be the move. I'm actually, you know, it's funny too. I'm, I'm trying to get her to tag along and just do a walkthrough at the sportsman show. Cause then she yep. can, you know, take a look at some of these things. I can show her the difference between like, you know, what I got to do is I got to get her to take a look at Joe's Skeeter and say, you see that, yep. that is awesome. Don't get me wrong. I'm like, that is too much boat for us. We don't need that. Yeah. You know? Um, I also think that, you know, getting her to go and actually fish with me would be way easier if she could just chill out on the boat and we could go. Also it would be easier to get on fish. You know, versus yeah, yeah. when we go out and we bank fish, it's like she's, I think she caught a turtle once when we went out. Um, yeah. She's never caught a fish out with me, which I think is ridiculous because I've been like, what's going on? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and I, I was in the same boat with you. My, my wife, she likes to fish, but she didn't like going out on the kayak. Yeah. You know, I, I, before I had the boats, I had, I had a pro anger 12 and she, would you I'd borrow, borrow her brother sit in? She yep. just did not like going out on it. Oh, so we yeah. barely go out. And then once I got the boat, she, oh, she works in the schools. So all summer she, she's like, are you going out on the river? And I'm like, yep. She's like, can I come? I'm like, sure. If you don't mind getting up at, you know, six 30 or whatever. <laughs> that is awesome. Like that. You got it. That's a home run right there, dude. I haven't. Yep. So it, it definitely helps having the boat. Yeah. It's definitely just, helps out. It, it's one of those things. Like, I don't know, like financially, if it's in the, in the cards necessarily, I'm looking at some of these prices, you know, art was like, Oh yeah, you can get into a bass tracker for like, you know, 15 K. And I'm like, that's reasonable. But I start looking at some of these pro V's and we're looking at already 24 K. Yeah. The pro V's are a little more expensive than the uh, bass boat models. They definitely are. And it's funny. Like I love the layout of this pro guide V 16 uh, SC. Um, yeah. it's got a small console. It's pretty open platform for the most part. And you know, what, what's it, what's it, what's it got on here? 90 horsepower, uh, mercury. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that that's more than enough, you know, <laughs> yeah. especially for our area. Um, oh yeah. You don't, you don't need much for horsepower. You know, I, my old boat was a 40 and I was fine on pretty much every place we went. Oh yeah. Especially like in tournaments, except for, you know, when we'd have ones on the river and guys were running, you know, a mile down. That's when I was like, okay, I think I need an upgrade. You here. need to I'm upgrade a little bit. Passed by guys going, you know, 60 oh, and yeah. I'm going 30. <laughs> well, and, and also like, especially uh, from the competitive side, like, 
if you are in that final hour or something like part of, you know, we've talked about on the show, part of any kind of tournament at all is time management. And part of that time management is I have to get off the water at certain amount of time. So we got to kind of plan ahead and keep in mind when it's time to go. You know, if if you can't get those speeds where you can get back there, that's less time that you have to fish because now you've got to kind of go at the pace that you can. Exactly. Um, you know, and then you add like we did. The, Joe and I had had fished one of the Berkshire Bass tournaments, uh, Memorial Day weekend, which was yeah. I was I fished that one too. That's right. That's right. Yep. Yep. What I was a, there. What a shit show! What a oh, shit yeah. show! Just the wreck boats are insane. And by the way. So I'm going to go ahead and tease this now because this will be right before this will will play will run right before um, the 200th episode. So at the 200th episode celebration, actually, Alec, this interview is episode 200. Jeez, yeah, I, I don't know. Am, am I worthy? Oh, you're worthy. You're worthy, <laughs> man. We're a Western Massachusetts-based podcast, and you're a Western Massachusetts hammer. So yeah, you're okay. worthy, 100. Right. I wouldn't have it any other way. But we're doing we're doing something fun at the 200th episode. So episode 201, all the listeners are going to get to hear this. We're um we're doing a tier list, which you've probably heard of those before. Like internet yeah. culture loves these things, like taking a category and breaking certain elements into tiers and listing by quality. And we're doing one with fishing stereotypes, like people and activities and all sorts of different things that you might encounter fishing. And I've been using AI to generate photos for some of these. And some of these are so freaking good. And oh. I, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what the, I, I, I put one of the, the categories that's on there is pleasure boaters. And the graphic I had AI create was recreational boat with a grill on fire. <laughs> And it's a picture of like a bayliner with just, I'm assuming there's a grill in the back and they're just flames firing off the top. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Perfect. We're going to get into it. Feelings are going to get hurt. <laughs> like yeah. even in the fishing community, it's going to be ridiculous and it's going to be a whole lot of fun, but man, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. That's, that's wild though, man. I, I, I you know, you, you're right. Like, you know, you got to make upgrades for what your goals are. I think you made a good call, you know? Yeah. I think the red yeah. looks good with, uh, with, with all the content you've been putting up too. Like, yeah, it definitely, uh, definitely pops a little bit. You know, I was always one of those people that, you know, and there's, there are people out there that are agree with me and they hate yeah. red boats, yeah. hate red boats. And I was one of those people. And, um, you know, I, I wanted this tracker, but I, I, I wanted to build my own and get, get it in white. Yeah. Um, but then I saw I saw this one at Fairs and they had just dropped the price on it because it was uh, a it was a left twenty twenty three yeah and it was you know they were waiting to get their twenty twenty fours and so and it had the tandem axle trailer that I wanted for it mm -hmm. uh, which That's it was good. a little overkill for the size of the boat but it just it just tows so much nicer oh yeah I'm sure it rides smooth as shit too and yeah oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it's like a Cadillac back there I barely didn't even notice it and it, it's great so like it was one of those where I was like I don't care that it's red. Mm -hmm. I can't pass up on this deal. Yeah. It's exactly what I'm looking for. I don't have to do anything with it right away. Yeah. I'm eventually going to do some upgrades to it, like electronics wise and stuff and um, get all that taken care of. I just don't know if that's in the cards for this upcoming season. Yeah. Um, might be something I save up for and do oh, yeah. at the end next season. Um, and, you know, upgrade the electronics and get some, some stuff that's a little more yep. modern. Because right now it's got a bow mount and a council mounted, um, 
graph, but they're just like the, the Lawrence hook units, mm-hmm. you know, which get the job done. They got, oh, I've yeah. got side scan on the, the console one down scan. And then the front one's got um, 2D and down scan. So that's really all you need. Oh, yeah. Um, that's what I use. All the other stuff is a bonus and just helps. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so eventually I'll, I'm going to upgrade all that stuff and get, you know, some more modern stuff. I don't know if I'll go full on forward facing. I would like to. Yeah. I just don't know if that's something that I'm going to be able to swing financially. Yeah. Um, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it might be something I work up to, you know, I get, get the graphs that are compatible with it. Yep. And then there you go. You know, the, the following year that I upgrade or do something along those lines, but that's definitely in the cards for the down the line. That's awesome. That's funny because like I had, uh, I had a conversation just a couple weeks back with a buddy of mine who was asking me, he's like, so, Hey, are you going to make the leap and do forward facing? And I was like, I don't really have a need to. Like I'm not, I don't need to try to stay competitive. So for me, there's much less pressure, but I was like, you bet your ass in the next five years, I'm probably going to get it. You know, when it, when it scales down a little bit more, you know, I mean, also it's something like I'm using a Lawrence hook unit. I'm using a hook, uh, seven, you know, with the side scan and I, for my kayak, it's great, especially for the way that I fish. Like I go to a new body of water or something like that. And I'll just throw on like the side scan and just kind of get an idea of what's going on, you know, maybe mark some stuff. And then, you know, when it comes to, and, and actually when I, when I do eventually get into a boat, I'll probably be doing a lot of that just as additional trips out, you know, yeah. to, to grab, yeah. grab the cooler and go out with the wife and just say, yeah, I'm going to go and mark rock piles. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, it, it works, it works great for that, but like, there's no pressure for me to get into it. So I'm just kind of letting technology do what technology is going to do and drive that price down a little bit lower. And then, you know, yeah. I'll take, take the leap into it when I'm ready. You know, it's like, it's, it's not, yeah. There's zero pressure for me. And I mean, are you, are you a big offshore angler at all? So I'm, I'm not. Yeah. And that's, that's another one of my goals for this upcoming year is to get better at fishing yep. deep. Same. Um, I'm, I'm a bank beater. You know, I mean, I, I, that's, I power fish and I bank beat and mm-hmm. that's where my confidence is and yep. where I've had a lot of success. And, you know, I've had a little moderate success fishing deep um, and deep to me. You know, it, deep kind of ranges depending on who you talk to. Oh yeah, and the water yeah. itself. You know, and and it all exactly it all depends on the body of water you're fishing. Yep. Um, and you know, so deep to me is anything over fifteen. Yeah. You know. Yep. Anything over fifteen feet um, is deep, and you know, realistically, what I got to get better on for the for the types of bodies of water we fish mm-hmm. in, in this area generally is that like twenty to thirty range. Oh, and yeah. I think. A lot of the places we fish, you don't, you're not finding much deeper than that, unless you go out to like a Onoda that has those deeper holes, yep. and, and that all constitutes in the same same category of I need to learn how to fish a little bit deeper, like in that 40 range on that place. Um, because oh, yeah. I've, I've been there a handful of times and I struggle at that place. You I know, so it's I just feel that. <laughs> I got to learn how to fish fish deeper, and you know I've. I've listened to all the people I can and got all the knowledge. And for whatever reason, I just, I still struggle on fishing deep. And and part of it might be just a patience thing on my end. Um, 
but you know, I'm, I'm thinking I'm in the right areas and I'm thinking I'm doing the right things. And I think yep. part of it is the electronics I do have. Um, I'm only using 2d and, and not that you need more than 2d to fish deep. Oh yeah, no, definitely. I not. think just the quality of the graph that I have. Yeah. In, in, in that case, when you start getting out to those deeper, deeper um, amount, deeper depths, um, I think it would help to have a little bit more clearer of a picture just to see exactly what I think I'm seeing. Yeah, exactly. you know, because I think I'm, uh, I'm, I'm marking stuff. And I'm like, I think that's a fish that yep. looks like a fish to me, but I'm just not entirely sure. Yeah. You yep. know? And, and I think if I had a little bit bigger of a graph, a little bit better quality of a transducer, it might help me kind of narrow, narrow that down. Not that I need it. Yeah. Because I know, I know guys that can fish deep and they don't need it. Yeah, so exactly. It's more of just a tool to help me. For sure. Get that confidence. No, it makes sense. Absolutely. Because, um, you know, I think I'm in the right areas. And, and the biggest thing is, you know, they say you got to find the bait when you're fishing deep like that. Yep. You know, mm -hmm. if you're not finding the fish themselves, you got to find the bait and then you'll find the fish. So yep. I think with, with that graph I have on there, it, it's tough to mark bait. You know, gotcha. so it's like I'm, I'm thinking I'm seeing stuff, but it, it could just be, you know, some debris in the water especially yeah, grass most something. of the deep fishing i've done since i got this boat has been on the river yep. in the you know late late fall early winter oh yeah um so so with that it's there was just a brief floating down so i don't know if i'm marking bait or if i'm marking you know just leaves and crap floating down <laughs> oh for sure especially in a river system oh yeah my God. so it's it's one of those things where it, it was just i gotta get better at fishing deep and that's definitely something on, on my goal for this next year yeah um, to just figure out how to better because it just opens up that much more of the, the body of water for you. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You know, and, and that's where a lot of the big fish hang out. You know, some of them stay up shallow and hug cover and hug shade. And then the other ones they are deep. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So it's, it's, it's good to be able to play the game, you know, on, on both ends, you know? Yep. I had uh, a situation like I, so when I went up to Moosehead last, last spring, uh, I went up with Delirious Angler and we had gone out to fish Moosehead and the wind had kicked up like early, early. I, I don't even think I want to say it was like 11 a.m. It, it, was, it wasn't even in the afternoon. And uh, we're we're out there and the wind kicked up and we decided we go and hit this other pond that was nearby. Um, and we go and this was on a recommendation from some folks at a tackle shop that were in town. And we go over to this spot and where our goal was to uh, fish for smallies. That's really what we're after. But like in those lakes up there, it's all about those cold species fish, you know, or those cold yeah. water fish. Those um, the lake trout are huge. And yeah. there was an instance and this is like this was it was it was interesting because I've had my graphs that I've been using. That hook, uh, that hook seven unit that I've been using, I've really only been using like the traditional 2D sonar for the most part. And then yep. uh, I forget what the hell they call it. There's another type of down scan. That's what it down is. Scan, yep. Down scan. So what I had done was I had started fooling around with that down scan and side scan. Um, side scan that came later this summer where I started actually like really kind of trying to break apart my my electronics and learn a little bit more about it. 
And yeah. uh, and I, so I did a little bit of research in SideScan, and, and, and there's two instances that paid off. This first one of Moosehead was, so the wind was terrible, and it happened to be blowing in a direction that was parallel right alongside this this one straight bank. And along this bank, there were big rocks and a handful of laydowns and stuff. There was cover all over the place, and I was kind of focusing on that. And I had backed off of the bank and pushed myself out into deeper water. And when I had done that, I had seen something on my down scan because I was I was messing around with this because I wanted that clear picture. And I feel yeah. like because it's a black background and like whatever color you select, I feel like it it helps. You know, it helps make yeah. things a little bit more visible. You get an actual sort of impression of what it looks like versus just the 2d in there and i went over something and i was like that wasn't debris that wasn't a lay down that wasn't a branch i mean i was in i think like 30 foot of water or something like that it was deep yeah. and i'm like that that had to have been a fish so i did a big like j turn in my kayak and i went up into the wind a good amount and i just let myself drift down and i was actually throwing a half ounce inline spinner with a copper blade and uh, yeah. and a big dressed treble, and I hooked into a Laker like right there, and I'm 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 fairly confident because of the distance that I had traveled, it was probably the same fish. So yeah. I'm like, all right, this is a good thing, cool. So I caught this fish; it was all good. Fast forward to later in the summer, I was in a I was at a Noda, and I had um, I had gotten some word about a couple of rock piles where I could find a couple of the species that I was looking for. And they're like, yeah. yeah, they usually stack up in these rock piles. You can find them in this part of the lake. And I was like, okay, cool. Sounds good. I couldn't find them. And I was like, wait a minute. Let's just use side scan for this. So I flip over to that. And again, like side scan is an easier sort of image to kind of break down because I don't know, for yeah. some reason, the perspective kind of makes a little bit more sense to me. So I was able to kind of like map and go over a grid and find these air, these, these rock piles. Sure as shit, both of the species, I was able to catch them because I actually knew the structure that they were going to be relating to. You know, I took yeah. a chance and, and it happened to work out. I do realize that, that there's a portion of that that's luck, you know, that they that those species happen to be there and happen to bite that drop shot or what, yeah. whatever it was. I threw a beetle spin or something like that. And uh, and it worked out. It was great. I, I couldn't believe it. So it's like I think I think utilizing electronics is one of those things that people – People whine and complain about it, but I think the folks that often do are the ones that aren't willing to put the time in and just fuck around a little bit. Because like, yeah. even if you don't have forward-facing sonar, if you figure out how to use your the tools that you already have and the graphs that you're using now, because <clears throat> initially when I was like, yeah, okay, cool, I'll get a fish finder. I want to know the temperature and the depth. That's all I care about. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, yeah, that's good, but there's it can tell you so much more. And yep. there's value there, you know? <clears throat> it, and, and generally, the type of fishing I'm doing, all I really need is the temperature and depth. Yeah. And so I start wanting to expand on my craft and go out deeper. Yep. And, and you know, that's another one of my things I want to work on for this year is learning my electronics a little better than the mm -hmm. ones I do, do have. Because, um, you know, I think I have everything set up to yep. the best that it should be, but I probably am missing a little nuance to the 2d or to the down scan mm -hmm. that will clear up that picture just a little bit more that helps me get that quality picture i'm looking for so yep. honestly i might not even need to do the full upgrade as soon as i think i do oh yeah um, but it's it, it's one of those things where i i gotta look into more learning my electronics too as well as, well as just expanding on getting better stuff <laughs> 
I, I it's so funny, man. I had uh, this year. I bought an accessory for my graph that I never thought I would. It's one of those like sunshade like visors. Yep. Right. Yep. And I was at first because I used to just leave it f- open all the time, like you know anything. And I wasn't really, there was just so much glare on the screen, you know, especially like midday, you know, it's the worst. You just can't escape it. So I picked one of these things up and I remember, I remember Sean telling me, he was just like, I wouldn't expect too much from that thing. And I'm not saying that it's perfect all the time, but it makes a huge difference, you know, yeah. in general. Like there's sometimes where I might get some glare because of my position or something like that. Yeah. But, but just that was enough to be able to shield it, to make it a little bit clearer uh, yeah. and, and, and stand out, you know, a, a little bit more. What do you, I'm curious, what do you run for batteries on your boat? So it just has what um what came with it. It's just the uh, interstate. Um, oh, okay. AG ones. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep, the, the green, the green marine ones. Yep. So that's that's what it has on there for now. I, I might eventually upgrade those as well. Yeah. Um, but that's what I had on the old boat, and they've they've always treated me well. I haven't had any issues with those, and a lot of guys um, that have them, you yep. know, some some have issues with the interstates, but I I have. I haven't, and I haven't heard anyone that I know that hasn't. Oh have yeah, too many issues. So it's it, for what I since they're brand new, there there's no issues with them. You with might as well get the, the life out of them. Time. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, exactly. So that's probably what I'm going to do. I'm going to get the life out of them. Yeah, and then when it's time to upgrade or switch them out, I'll, I might think about upgrading to something. Maybe go lithiums, but we'll see. Yeah, and hopefully by then the lithium prices go down and it's oh, sure. a little bit more affordable to to deal with. Yep. Absolutely. I think that that's the thing. I think that, that that's the, probably the most like financially responsible way to look at it is like, Hey, this kid, I did the same thing. Like with my, with my truck, when I got my forerunner, I was like, I hate the tires that are on this thing, but I'm like, yeah. they've got zero miles. I'm like, I'm going to suck it up. And there I paid for them. You know what I mean? I'm going to, I'm going to use them. <laughs> I'm going to let yep. them. And I was just like, please wear down that. Let that tread just make it like 40,000 miles and we'll trade it. You know, <laughs> we're good. Nope. We got to just over 50 K and uh, I did a, an, uh, my last inspection and I was like, nope, I'm going to replace these, these, these tires. I mean, they, they passed, but I'm like, yeah. uh, it's close enough for me. I'm, I'm swapping them out. So I made the upgrade. It's like that, that I think is the best way to do it. Like, you know, I mean, it, those batteries are, they're tried and true. People have used them forever. And yep. a lot of it, I think, is like maintenance and stuff, making sure that you're diligent about your charging method and everything, yep. you know, all that stuff. But yeah, go for it. And then when you're, when you want to upgrade, and that's the beauty of it. Like you said, those lithium prices are going to start to come down, you know, yep. and you'll be able to mess around some of that stuff. <clears throat> that's freaking awesome, dude. I'm looking at your, yep. your profile and I'm like, the deck space alone between those two boats is totally different. Oh, it's, it's like double the space. It feels it, like <laughs> it, it really like it's, it's absolutely, it's insane. It's insane. Yep. Just the dimensions, but good for you, dude. So You're, much room for activities. Yeah. So much room <laughs> for activities, sir. This is a Wendy's. <laughs> oh man. This is really great. Alec, thank you so much for being part of the show, dude. Before we wrap things up, um, I want you to do me a solid and uh, let folks know, like if you're working with any any companies or anything like that, you want to go ahead and, uh, you know, give them a plug. I say go for it. Let people know where they can find uh, any, you know, all your, your fishing content. If they have any questions for you, if they want to reach out and get, get a hold of you, how can they do that? Let, this is your opportunity. Promote yourself a little bit. Yeah. 
So, um, biggest thing is a couple of partnerships I have. Um, mm-hmm. Number one being Ben's Tackle Shack in Leicester, Mass. Yep. Um, they're a small, locally owned um, father and son tackle shack, and they carry tons of the top brands in the in the industry. And they're a great group of guys, and you know they've done a great job of supporting me and helping me out. Um, and I always recommend them because they're just a great knowledge, and they're also the the people that put on the expos. Um, so yep. they they uh, they help coordinate all that stuff and. Dan and Ben, the owners are two great, great people. And I can't thank them enough for for supporting me. Um, I like, I work with vector hooks as well. Um, I don't have any discount codes for you or anything like that, but um, they're, they're great hooks. They're um, made in the USA. Um, They support veterans, um, support the military and all that. And it's a great, great group. And they're the official hook company of Dark Horse Tackle. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So they're they're awesome. Um, uh, I just want to shout out Beast Coast um, Fishing. Oh yeah. The, the jigs. I strictly throw their jigs. Yep. Um, Derek Dion is a great guy. Um, and they, those jigs have given me the confidence to be a good jig fisherman. Oh yeah. And. and um, on top of that, um, Douglas rods, I've been slowly switching over completely to Douglas. Um, I'm no direct affiliate with them, but I rep mm-hmm. Douglas for Ben's tackle shack. They sell Douglas rods at the shack. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can get them there or from Douglas's website. Um, they'll also be at all the expos. Yeah. Um, and you know, you can find me on Instagram at plot no seven P L O T N O seven. Um, and if yeah, like you said, if you got questions, feel free to reach out. I don't mind talking fishing with anybody. Um, I'm no expert by any means. Um, I'm just a guy that likes to fish and has some knowledge, and I'm willing to share most of it. That's you know? awesome. So it's, um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't don't really promote fishing on anything else other than Instagram. I do have a TikTok, but I mm-hmm. use it very often. It's more just looking at stuff and. Um, and that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Unbelievable, man. Yeah, you, you're the second person that we've had on in the last like handful of months that's mentioned those Douglas rods. The other one is Armando from uh, Bass Kayak and Beers, and yep. uh, I believe Douglas is from the Northeast, aren't they? New York, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, they're New York, I believe. Yeah, that's pretty cool, yeah. man. Like that's, upstate somewhere. That's awesome because that's the thing you don't hear a lot of, about rod companies that are in this area. I mean, yeah. you, you'll find a custom rod maker and and all yeah, that stuff, yeah. but somebody that's got like a full line of stuff that's pretty slick. That's awesome. Yeah, cool, man. This is this is really good. I appreciate you you being on, man. Do me a solid if you could send me uh, a pic of you ha- uh, of you holding just a giant tank, and we'll use it for the artwork on this episode. Perfect. And hey, I just want to say congrats to you and the guys on hitting 200. That's oh, thank a great you, accomplishment. Dude. I'm super happy for you. It's it's a lot of commitment, you I, know, and that's great that you guys have gotten there. And I, I'm not sure if I'll be able to make the uh, actual show at the Munich House, yep. but I'll definitely be grabbing a, uh, the uh, non-attending ticket just oh, to help support sure. the cause and all that. Nice, man. We got some good prizes, too, in that raffle. It's going to be It's going to be really, really good. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that's great. Sweet, man. I appreciate it, dude. Um, we will be in touch. We'll do some something. You and yeah. I, we, we should fish. Yes. We're And hey, one more one more goal for 2024 was what's that? to fish with more people. Oh, hell yeah. And the biggest thing 
that popped into my mind was you because we've talked a couple times about getting out on the river and going oh, for hell yeah, dude. stuff and we haven't made it happen yet. Yeah. Especially with the new boat, we got more space than we Plenty know what to space. do. So we'll make it happen this year for sure. I love it, dude. Sounds like a plan to me for sure. Hell yeah. Sweet. All right, dude, you have yourself a good one. We'll be in touch and uh, I'm sure I'll see you around. I'm sure I'll see you around. Oh yeah. Awesome, sure. dude. You take care. All right now. Yeah, you as well. All right. Have a good one, man. Bye-bye. Alrighty, guys. Jigs and Bigs, another amazing segment. This is episode 200 you're listening to. This is crazy. This is this this show that we just completed and just kind of walked through like like hacking away with machetes like we're going through the jungle. Yeah. This show, that's that's what the reason why we're celebrating. So, hey, you know, congratulations. Um always love talking to Alec. Uh I especially love the fact that like I can post my pictures of like where I'm catching fish and he fishes a lot of the same places that I do. And he's like, I know where you were. Nice. That's good for that area or something like that. I love that shit. I don't know. I just, it's the, the, the tie, tie into the community I'm all about. So it's all good shit. Great conversation with Alec. Uh, I'm hoping that he has a great 2024. Um, he's going for that, uh, going for that AOY this year. So congrats, you know, good luck while on your mission there. It is a, uh, a haul. And uh, I, th- I think, you know, he's, he's, he's got the right mindset. I'll say that much. I think he's got the right mindset going forward into it. So we'll see how things go. Sean, how are you? How's things? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. We're all right. We're wrapping up 200. This is what, 100 and 197 episodes I've done. You got the full 200? Yeah. No, no, I got 198 because I wasn't on one or two. I jumped in on three and then things rolled from Something there. Something like right? that, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking kind of crazy, man. It is kind of fucking crazy. We got some fucking food to eat next week. <sighs> yeah, we do. We got some food to eat. Metal Metal Jones jumping in says, see you in six days. That's it. Six days, man. It's going to be crazy. And what a fucking mission it has been. Unbelievable. Unbelievable 200 shows. 200 shows, man. 200 shows, 200 hoes. It's been crazy. <laughs> it's, it's just been nuts. Where, where did they come from? I don't know. I'm just, I'm slowly turning into Puff Daddy, you know? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Been around right. the world and I got. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I'm losing my mind. Holy, over sh- here. holy oh. shit! Uh, it's gonna be good. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, Saturday's show in a major way. I'm really, really stoked to see how people do. Um, with the tier list as far as voting and all that, I'm really like, that's really going to be next, next level. I might even consider doing another one of those for the Columbus show over at old fields in Columbus, Ohio in February, when we're there for the Columbus fishing expo, I may consider doing something like that. That might be kind of fun. You know, folks that want to get involved and, and cast their vote for the tier list. It's kind of a cool little, little way to do it. So it'd be kind of fun. Um, I do think if we're going to do it there. I have a feeling we're going to do it like, like Ohio, like isms, like we'll make it really local. We'll dive into it. We'll be like, let's talk about Cincinnati uh, chili. The fuck? I was just gonna go there. Yep. I mean, I'm not against putting chili on my spaghetti. I'm not at all. I'm not against putting my chili uh, with a mountain of cheddar cheese on it. But uh, you know, really, is is that is that what you want to be known for? I will say this: Ohio items that I am I am all in on, motherfucking Buckeyes. Mm. I'm into that. I'm into that, you know? Um, 
I don't know. We're, we're going to have some fun with it. I think this 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 week's show is going to be absolutely awesome. Uh, keep your eyes posted on uh, all things social media. If you're not going to be at the show, because we're, we've got a what's what's called a social booth, we're going to have folks snapping pics and uh, posting them on their social media networks, and kind of uh, you'll you'll see what's going on in and around the Jigs and Bigs 200th celebration all that night. It's going to be awesome and. Uh, should be really, really good. I'm, I'm excited for it. I, I think it's going to be fantastic. We're also in the process of uh, of planning a, uh, a a mock Bass Pro Tank shop for customers to jump in and knock yes. themselves out. Yes, hopefully nude. That would be yeah, ideal. Go for it. Yeah. What we're <laughs> actually thinking about doing is doubling down on it, making a game out of it. We're just going to build up a mock-up Bass Pro Shops tank that's going to be a dunk tank. Uh, and we're going to have people try to flip uh, three-quarter-ounce jigs at a target. And if they do and they manage to sink whomever is on there, it might be, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, it might be Delirious Angler that will be up there. And if you dunk Delirious, you'll win like a teddy bear or a hug, a wet hug from Delirious. That's what you can, you can get. Fair enough. That's that's what our what our, what our, what our wallets can provide you. Uh, Fish in the <laughs> Six says, uh, just drove through Ohio last week. Three middle finger emojis. Wow. Yeah. You it's know, something. It, this is fucked up. You know what? I always, with all the cross-country driving I did, especially on 80 and 90, you know what I always remember Cleveland for? Not the view of the lake. Yeah. Not not the Jake the, where the Indians play. The, yep. Well, pardon me. What are they now? They're the uh, Cleveland, whatever the Cleveland baseball team is. I know they changed their name. Whatever the fuck they are. I forget what they changed it to. Yeah, the the not the Indians. Um, Cleveland, the three or four times that I drove through it, it was like as soon as you hit the city limits, fucking dead raccoons on the highway. Oh, really? It's like the an inordinate amount, an unusual huh. amount of roadkill raccoons. Thank you, Pat Martin, with the Guardians. That's what they are now. They are Guardians. Yeah, guardians of fucking raccoon corpses, apparently, because I've never seen so many dead raccoons on highways, like raised highways, highways that are 100 feet off the ground. Yeah. 200 feet off the ground. Dead raccoons everywhere. How are they even like getting drive, there? It doesn't make any sense. Are they running up the I ramp? I don't know. They're running up there and getting hit. I have no fucking idea. But- that's what I remember Ohio for. Dead raccoons no shit. in Cleveland. I yeah. I remember counting the amount of dead deer when uh, my wife and I drove to Ohio to go and pick up our, uh, our puppy. Uh, and we counted like, I think we hit 50 on the ride in. That makes sense. Probably most of them in... Pennsylvania, York, primarily. Uh, Pennsylvania, New York. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. All over the place. But yeah, Ohio is a funny place, man. It just is. It's it just, is. It just is. Apparently, a lot of lot of dead animals. A lot of dead animals. A whole <laughs> lot of dead animals. Um, guys, it's it's going on. It's happening. the The 200th episode is. We've recorded it. It's complete. You're gonna digest it in your ear, ear holes. You're gonna think about all the goodness that we put out there. And here we go to 200 more. Let's see what we can do. And uh, if you're going to be at the celebration happening Saturday the 13th, awesome. We're looking forward to seeing you there. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. If uh, you can't make it but you want to be involved, you can definitely go get your tickets right now, uh, which are the non-attending tickets. It'll get you uh, – each ticket will give you 30 entries into the um, – what do you call it? Into the uh, the raffle. 
so that you can win some fantastic prizes. We've got stuff from Heat Your Meat that's going out there. We've got some stuff from A Bay Lure. We've got some stuff from, I believe, uh, we got all kinds of baits. You can Dark Horse Tackle, obviously. Uh, we've got some other really, really great items. And uh, there's some that I'm still waiting to, to get confirmation on. I am busting my ass to make sure that this thing comes together and is amazing. I'm very, very excited about it. Folks, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this sucker up. Sean, do you have anything you want to dive in and, and, and jump in and, and, and wrap up with? Any 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 words for our listeners? Nada. Nada. I love it. You guys go ahead. Have yourselves an amazing, amazing week. I hope you have a good one. If you are out there and you're managing to catch some fish, and it can be done, even this godforsaken winter that we're dealing with, uh, make sure to do us a favor and tag us in your fish pics or your reels or whatever you're posting on social media, at Jigs and Bigs. We would love to live vicariously through you, throw you a like, maybe a comment, maybe even share your stuff on our story as well. Uh, until then... Until the next time we see you guys, episode 400, you have yourself a good one. We will see you in seven days with episode 201, Jigs and Bigs. We'll see you. Don't go too far. And like we always say, it's an ass smokes
segment number two, the final segment. Rolling. It's the final segment. (laughs) That too. All right. I am rolling. Let's go ahead and do this. I got three and a two 